Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag Free, whoever he is. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this This is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over depression. (laughs) Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? Welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best. And you can ask anyone about that. People often do, I'm told. This is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Congratulations on making it uh, through one of the most insufferable Pride Months in a long time. We're not quite there. A few more hours to go until July. But also, welcome to a very special pre-4th of July Thursday night show as well. Plenty to talk about tonight. As usual, uh, the January 6th Committee bombshell star witness joins the ranks of... Curious where you might rank her uh, in the... uh, between Christine Blasey Ford, Jussie Smollett, and Amber Heard. She's somewhere she's in the middle. She's up there, yeah. Or does she, maybe she's not quite there, I don't know. Several other uh, of her claims challenged or debunked almost before she was even done talking. Most notably, that uh, Trump tried to choke his car driver on January 6th <laughs> for not going to the Capitol. That rings true, yeah. To be, to be fair, it was... Um, hands in the clavicle area she did not say choke but that trump put his hands in the clavicle area of his driver right anyway joe biden uh, is officially on record today calling for a suspension or an exception to the senate filibuster 
uh, to ram through a national abortion law, as in requiring every state to permit abortion. Now that Roe v. Wade is, of course, overturned this as Democrats think up outlandish plans for how to expand abortion access nationally. Elizabeth Warren proposing teepees and wigwams on national parkland. <laughs> Seriously, actually, she she used the word outposts. But, right, uh, right. We all know her people's tradition. A couple of Hunter Biden updates. Uh, remember back during the campaign, actually on the presidential debate stage, Joe said that he had no knowledge of Hunter's dealings in China and Hunter doesn't make any money in China. Well, a newly uncovered voicemail to his son, Joe to Hunter in 2018 suggests otherwise. Plus uh, it sounds like um, maybe Joe paid for basically Pissgate style misadventure. Uh, what do you mean? With... Sounds like basically that's exactly <laughs> what happened. I'm just wondering constantly they accuse other people of what they themselves do. That is one yeah. of the rules. Did they do that with the Pissgate dossier? Did Hunter do this? They said, I will just, we'll say Trump did it. it yes. It, it's something close to that. Yeah. But this was unwittingly, of course, uh, Joe sent a bunch of money to Hunter, not intended for Russian prostitute misadventures. It just ended up that way. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. And before we get out of here, uh, a couple of hoax hate stories for you as well. No movie review tonight, though. So perhaps a slightly shorter production than usual. And of course, we will catch up with your super chats in between topics. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are the Thursday show on a Sunday, of course. Correct myself. But as always, it's because we're no good low down money grabbers. We'll get to as many as we can before 1130 p.m. Eastern. It will be all this and more to your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show over on the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. We have the show store over there. If you want to pick up a T-shirt or a mug or a hat, we have all of those things. Plus, we have great offers from friendly listener owned businesses as well. This, uh, this week's feature business is our friends at Sonoran Defense Technologies. At Sonoran Defense Technologies, we understand that the two-way industry is a unique community with people from all walks of life who come together over the love of firearms and freedom. We also know that control and comfort when it comes to your firearms and gear is absolutely crucial. As such, we produce advanced stippling that provides a great-looking design with the performance to match. You will maintain a positive grip during even the most demanding situations, whether on duty or EDC. Sonoran Defense is renowned for our precision laser stippling on OEM Glock frames and CZ P0709s, which provides both aesthetic profiles and performance enhancements that are far superior to what factory textures provide the shooter. We also pride ourselves on great customer service and response time. We stand by all of our work and simply do not cut corners. It has to be perfect every time. Learn more about our brand and the full range of products and services at SonoranDefense.com. And remember, Sonoran doesn't just make the coolest custom Glocks around. They can custom laser engrave magazines, knives, drinkware. They even laser engraved the artwork on the very PC that's streaming this show right now. You can get 10% uh, off everything from our friends at Sonoran Defense using promo code G's. That's J-E-E-Z at SonoranDefense.com for 10% off. Find everything you need from Sonoran Defense, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Hero Soap Company, Western Razor Company, Phoenix Ammunition, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners for listeners. Uh, let's see. A couple of 
items here. But I should have mentioned before we go live, you might want to tilt your camera up just a hair because it's chopping off the top of your head a little bit. That it's was my fault. It's a very important part of my body, the yeah. top of my head. Uh, and as a reminder on the show schedule, so we're doing the Thursday show right now, obviously, in place no of Sunday show, though, right. the Sunday show this upcoming holiday weekend. So no show July 3rd. Normal stream schedule resumes on Wednesday, July 6th. So the call-in show will be back on Wednesday. And then next Sunday, uh, that would be July 10th. The Sunday show will be back as normal. Uh, my solo videos are taking a holiday break as well. They will return oh, really? Saturday, July 9th as normal. So I'm looking forward to a little bit of summer time off with friends and family over the holiday. So my solo videos are also taking a small break since 4th of July, three years ago, <laughs> yeah. but they're coming back. Uh, kind of. And well, people have been liking your interviews that you've been putting out. So really, is that why my house is covered in dog shit right now? Oh, are we going to talk about that? I posted about it on Instagram, ah. but I, people were like, oh, is this a hoax hate? I was like, OK, I guess I should have asked. Did you hoax hate yourself? Well, do you want to fill people in? Sure. Okay. So I got uh, the Young Turks. Uh, they're they're up my butthole right now about this interview I did with Jared Taylor, where I say that inner city busing is stupid, which it is. I regret nothing that I said, by the way. Hmm. Anyway, um, some character, some short black dude, Doctor Rashad Ritchie. He uh, he appears short. I'm just gonna point that out. He um I've never heard of him, but he made this um response video, and it has like a hundred and seventy thousand views. 170,000 views and it's 4,000 comments of people just ripping me in ebonics okay straight ripping me and then yeah. some other dude um who has the appearance of a black person but clearly isn't black uh, made another video as well and he's related to the young turks so i think wait, they, wait, like, this is not this is someone of a rachel dolezal type or a sean king type know, man, arrangement like, he has like some black features and he has black dreadlocks but but that dude's fucking white his name is okay. um jackson white or something like that he also made a video but he's related to the young turks too and so i think the young turks like put it out to their people and they're like hey black people that um are beholden to our network why don't you okay. do this thing <laughs> they have an army of black people beholden to them that seems to be what the case is it's all like right, you know right. for people that are anti-racist they still are letting themselves get controlled by a lot of white people but whatever okay. anyway so th i'm getting all this heat um, and yeah. then I come home two days ago and my, somebody has like launched a whole bunch of dog shit at my house. When you say no launched, what you, someone threw it or. And I did like some, some CSI dog shit trajectory uh -huh. investigation yeah. and it had to come from somebody in my driveway. Okay. But how much are we talking about? I'm talking about like a big dog taking two shits. Oh, so this isn't like a massive quantity. It's just someone. No. But there was also no dog shit bag. I hope it's dog shit, man. Otherwise, I'm kind of worried about it. And I, I hate to be that guy, but we don't know who did it, right? So to... No. I mean, I called the cops because I always do when stuff like this happens. And yeah. they're like, do you have any suspects? I was like, I have thousands of suspects <laughs> right now. <laughs> right but now. it is pure. It's just the timing <laughs> that connects the Young Turks to this alleged... That well, not. I mean, the, the, the shitting timing, is not right? alleged, but... Their connection to it is. I would imagine that it's some like white leftist boomer that lives in Coeur d'Alene or it's somebody that came in from Spokane that's all pissed off because, hmm. you know, if you dig, you can always find somebody's address anyway. So now I'm just sitting on my porch all night, every night armed, waiting for dog shit to get launched at my house. Grand Torino style. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just style. I don't care that much. But yeah, that happened. Right. I'm, I'm a victim of my own 
real hate crime. This I was going to say, I'm not, I'm not counting out hoax hate just yet. This, uh, this might've been done for, uh, does blonde have a GoFundMe? Will people in the chat check on that for, is there a I, I dog shit GoFundMe set up? Where's the hate crime here? Where's the hate crime? This is a hate crime. I, I guess against me. <laughs> it's at least as valid as the, the other ones that are claimed. I suppose that's fair. It's funny though. I kind of feel honored, you know? Like well, I, I do. And I was like, huh, you know, I, I admire saying something important. I'm always jealous of everyone else's hit pieces. I, I don't know if I'm jealous of uh, dog shit tossed at my house. I might draw. We were joking there. on Instagram that out of love and respect for you, I should dress up in a disguise and go and launch dog shit at your house so that you feel ah, included. I would. Fe- yeah, I would feel uh, included and I would feel like accomplished if uh, if that happened to me, I suppose. I don't know. Maybe I'll do that. I'd, I'd prefer that not, <laughs> not happen, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but thank you for the thought. Anyway, uh, jumping into the news, uh, recall last year at this time when the uh, White House was bragging on yeah. social media that the uh, the cost of the average Fourth of July barbecue or cookout had dropped <laughs> sixteen cents. Oh, great! From the year prior, that was uh, twenty twenty. Uh, well, how the times have changed and how the tweets have aged poorly, apparently. Uh, you of course don't need me to tell you that that same cookout is way more expensive this year. But uh, just in case you're curious about exactly how much stupid autoplay, stop this crap. Just in case you're curious about exactly how much uh, $10.18 is the official figure using the same source. I believe that's the Farm Bureau. So by my math, the added cost this year is about 68 times greater than the savings were (laughs) last year. Explains why I don't see a similar tweet from the White House this year. They did not bother talking about the average price of a cookout on their Twitter account, at least as I've seen. Uh, Maybe they spent all the propaganda money on this uh, Sesame Street production, though. This (laughs) This is so bad. The CDC released a PSA with Elmo and his dad urging parents. I didn't know Elmo had a dad. I guess I haven't watched Sesame Street recently enough to know that. That's racist. (laughs) <laughs> what race is Elmo? Wouldn't uh, you like to know? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Elmo has a dad and Elmo and his dad are urging parents to take their children five and under because that's the newly approved version. Six months to age five. You can go get vaccinated. Elmo and his dad are telling you to do that. Now daddy has super duper bandages just like Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> you were super duper today getting your COVID vaccine, Elmo. Yeah. There was a little pinch, but it was okay. I had a lot of questions about Elmo getting the COVID vaccine. I learned that Elmo getting vaccinated is the best way to keep himself, our friends, neighbors, and everyone else healthy and enjoying the things they love. It's okay to have questions about COVID vaccines for your kids. Get the latest facts by speaking to your pediatrician or healthcare provider. It's okay to have questions, right? That's why we can't talk about this publicly without getting shamed or banned. I seem to remember some consequences for questions in uh, recent memory, the last year and a half. Bannings, firings, all of those things. Now, I was curious who's actually doing this. And of course, I think it's only been authorized for a week or so. So I don't see good quality data, but last month, public opinion polling uh, indicated under 20% of parents said they would get their children under five vaccinated at least right away. That is exceptionally high. That And that's probably inflated too. We all know that when asked these sorts of questions by pollsters, lots of people say, oh yeah, I'm going to do the right thing. The quote unquote right thing, obviously, uh, with no intent to actually do it. So I, I don't think there's a chance that even one in five parents have rushed out 
to subject their toddlers to this. But right. Maybe Oof, once that is still a lot. Maybe once they see the Elmo propaganda, they will uh, get on it. Uh, speaking of which, recall uh, last week or was it two weeks ago? Fauci himself got Corona and has been self-isolating ever since. We have an update from the man himself, actually. Uh, and uh, he's he's describing how he's um, he's managing and it's apparently not good. And after I finished the five days of Paxlovid, I reverted to negative on an antigen test for three days in a row. Uh, and then on the fourth day, just to be absolutely certain, I tested myself again and I reverted back to positive <laughs> by the antigen test. So it was sort of what people are referring to as a Paxlovid rebound. And then over the next day or so, I started to feel really poorly, much worse than in the first go around. So it went back. Uh, or it's a test. It's faulty testing. You fucking retard. And or the drugs that you're taking did nothing. And or the hypothetical vaccine that you may have taken to deal with this hypothetical nonspecific vi- virus of current relevance. Maybe that didn't do a lot either, Susan. Uh, but of course, he's sticking with the line, the, the New York Times story on this. Fauci says he believes Paxlovid kept him out of the hospital, even though he How tested you know positive. That? How could you possibly know that? And I'll remind you, he's quadruple vaccinated, double vaxxed, double boosted. So he's fine. And he's like 90 years old. He's old 81. He? Yeah, he's 81, which is older than I would have guessed. But yeah, despite his expertise in slowing the spread, despite the quadruple vaccinations, he had a COVID rebound, which means his symptoms actually worsened after taking this antiviral medication Paxlovid. This is apparently a common occurrence now being referred to as a Paxlovid rebound. The CDC actually issued a health alert on May 24th advising that symptoms sometimes come back when using Paxlovid. This is a Pfizer medication, apparently. But uh, Dr. Fauci did not heed the warning, I guess. He should have tried horse paste. Uh, that that would be the advice of others. Horse paste. He would have been much better. Are um, we allowed to say that? You can say horse paste for sure. I don't know if you can say the I word in the context of this treatment. Mm. Better yet, should have tried absolutely nothing because the results would have been the same. But yeah. get this. You read the New York Times story on this describing his uh, experience. Scroll down to the third paragraph. He missed his own daughter's wedding. <laughs> because of his Rona, he FaceTimed into his daughter's wedding like an absolute jackass. Tony Fauci's and, daughter. <laughs> yeah, now now you're curious. Tony, uh, Dr. Fauci's wife is, uh, uh, well, I'm just going to leave it at that. Just get, Is it Megan Fauci that got married? I don't know. Wolf. I don't know his daughters. But. Well, all of his daughters are ugly. So Anyway, uh, no word on who walked this daughter down the aisle. Um, but, um, you know, there's probably no way whatever happened is as embarrassing as having Dr. Fauci himself walk you down the aisle. So she probably came out ahead. Maybe they had like a, like, um, short circuit style robot with Dr. Fauci's (laughs) face on an iPad watching her down, walking her down the aisle. I bet it was something like that. Oh, maybe he virtually walked his daughter down the aisle because of Rona. How appropriate. Oh, she's got shit lip glasses and a nose ring. <laughs> That's all you need to know. I know all of her opinions now. I and 100%. she's fat. <laughs> I do. Well, I mean, I, I know 100% of all the things. That, is she a lesbian too? Hmm. Oh, was it a lesbian marriage? Let's see. I don't and, think so. Anyway, uh, 
the big news of the week is actually uh, the sentencing of uh, old Ghislaine or Gislaine Maxwell, however you say her name. Is that the big news of the week? Because she's going to get whacked in prison. Hmm. Although she's not given up any names, so maybe it wouldn't even matter. She was sentenced to 20 years in federal prison. 20 years. Um, prosecutors asked the judge for 30 to 55 years, um, and then they kind of you know went went down a little bit and and landed on landed on 20. So she was convicted of five charges um but only three counts after the judge decided that the two conspiracy counts were redundant. Hmm. So um yeah, she also didn't admit any fault and pretty much blamed all this on Jeffrey Epstein in a in a statement. But it's only a matter of time before she gets um suicided. I saw that her statement said that her the biggest regret of her life was meeting Jeffrey Epstein. And I, and I get what you mean, but I think there were some additional mistakes that were made after meeting yeah, you think Jeffrey it. Epstein that uh, you know, were a result of some discretion, some judgment calls that were made. Uh, and of course, yeah, you mentioned um, as far as the clients, as far as who actually paid or worked with this woman in order to uh, in order to uh, access the young girls that she was managing. We don't know. Assuming, uh, we should assume, I guess we never will. Uh, and Do you remember the, when her brother was like, she's not a rat. <laughs> she's not going to name any names. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. There's so much that you admitted in just making that statement. Yeah. Well, uh, that's that's all they wrote for now. And we'll see if uh, she gets the Jeffrey treatment in prison. Uh, let's see. Um, it's been uh, well, the Supreme Court. They just can't stop. Uh, the hits just keep coming. And of course, it started last week, as we discussed on Sunday with the New York gun case right into overturning Roe. And I thought the old double bitch slap was uh, incredible, but that was only half of it. Probably the triple more bitch slap. Yeah. And I don't want to overstate the CPA one, but it is an important decision. On Monday, though, the court upheld the prayer rights of a high school football coach who would pray after games and was punished by the school district for it. I, I posted a video breaking down that decision yesterday if you want to listen to that. But that was also a, another very good decision that I think corrected some uh, errors uh, in the in the court's past cases. So that's uh, that's a good one. But now this morning, the court has limited the powers of the EPA and perhaps by extension other federal regulatory agencies maybe but this is a roberts decision so really it only speaks to the facts of this particular case six to three along the lines you'd expect kagan sotomayor and Breyer dissenting again whenever john roberts writes an opinion you can bet he will find a way to make it about that case and that case only and that's really what this case is too but if you want a, a breakdown of the facts here The case centers around the EPA's authority and discretion to regulate carbon dioxide emissions related to climate change, they say. Mm. But uh, specifically, it's about the language of uh, a federal law, the Clean Air Act, and the EPA's authority on that matter. So when the law was passed in the 1990s, there was a mistake that resulted in contradictory language between the House and the Senate's version of the bill that was actually never reconciled. So that left the EPA... Uh, open to make their own interpretation of this particular section. In 2015, the Obama administration ruled uh, or issued a rule, which was called the Clean Power Plan, which enabled the EPA to regulate carbon dioxide emissions from coal power plants and other facilities in pursuit of uh, Paris Agreement goals. Now, that was challenged and stayed by the Supreme Court. Then Trump took office 
he had the EPA repeal this clean power plan in favor of the less aggressive, affordable clean power plan. Hmm. The original legal challenges were then rendered moot. But this new rule brought new legal challenges, arguing that Trump's interpretation of this disputed section in federal law uh, was mistaken. Last year, the D.C. Circuit Court ruled Trump's rule was arbitrary and capricious and a misinterpretation of the disputed law section. So Trump's rule was vacated. So several states and the coal industry companies that brought the first lawsuit against Obama's rule challenged that court ruling, arguing that this court decision and the Obama rule would give the EPA far too broad of powers on emissions regulation beyond the law's intent. So ultimately, this 6-3 Supreme Court ruling has decided that Congress did not grant the EPA authority to regulate emissions in the way that Obama wanted them to or the way that lower court decisions uh, may have allowed. So broad level conclusions here. Um, This is a case about legislative authorization and congressional authority over the alphabet agencies, the regulatory agencies. It's hilarious. The Washington Post spin headline here. Uh, Supreme Court. Supreme Court limits epa's power no congress defines the epa's power and congress never gave them the power that they were trying to act upon right the supreme court is looking at the law not what the supreme court thinks is the right policy so supreme court limits epa's power no no congress never gave them that power that's the issue here and the principle (sighs) is that federal regulatory agencies need explicit congressional authorization to enforce uh they need a a a statutory justification they need a statutory uh authorization to take the actions that they're taking you can't just make up new law as you go perhaps you'd like to conclude see the atf for example like the bump stock rule which is still being battled out in court but you can't just take law on what a machine gun is and invent a new definition for it through the justice department and the atf and say that piece of plastic is now a machine gun turn it over or go to prison You'd like to think that the principles here would cross over to those other regulatory agencies in different circumstances. However, based on my admittedly surface level understanding of this case, uh, I've not done a deep dive in it, but it doesn't look like there's going to be any application to other agencies. This case centers on the technicalities of a statutory mistake, and its holding is specific to the EPA and that federal law. So as far as I can tell, this case does not actually chip away at what's called Chevron deference. Uh, which is a Supreme Court standard that is highly deferential to regulatory agencies' interpretations of the law. So if you want a further crackdown on rogue agencies that are just making up whatever understanding of the law they want to do whatever they want, this case doesn't really do that, although it may signal that the court might be willing to do that in the future. But in fact, this decision makes no reference to the Chevron deference standard at all. So it does look like yet another Roberts decision that speaks only to the specifics of this case and not um, broader principles of law. But at least for now, that's one less alphabet agency making up bullshit to run the country uh, to run the country outside of the law. So that's a lesson to other overreaching alphabet agencies. I'm sure they'll heed the warning. (laughs) Yeah, uh, the ATF is very excited to uh, stop doing all of their typical extra (laughs) statutory bullshit. Okay. uh, In other Supreme court news this morning, uh, her story has been made. Kentaji Brown Jackson, as Jen Psaki calls her officially. And now that you've said that so many times, I start to think it's her name. It's Katanji, right? But I like Kentaji because that's what Jen says. Both are very stupid names. (laughs) 
Well, based on um, this, of course, after Justice Breyer's uh, formal uh, resignation or retirement, uh, based on his dissents in the New York gun case and the abortion case, I have a hard time seeing uh, Katanji being any worse than he was. But I, I will give her a fair opportunity to impress me. I'm sure she won't disappoint. Earlier today, Good Morning America uh, on ABC falsely reported that she is the first black member of the court, disregarding, oh of course, <laughs> Clarence Thomas, what? but also Thurgood Marshall. And just in case you think, OK, that's just they meant first black woman. It was just a poorly done tweet. They also posted a YouTube video and the title of the YouTube video is Katanji Brown Jackson sworn in as first black Supreme Court justice in U.S. history. Oh, gosh. I bet if you did a man on the street thing, uh, the majority of people you asked would think that even though they all hate Clarence Thomas, though. I know. Yeah. He's not fresh on their minds, even though he's like, this is the last week has been the biggest Clarence Thomas week in a long, long time. So the hatred of him should be very fresh. Anyway, uh, that's where we stand with the Supreme Court. And uh, speaking of that gun case, uh, the New York gun case that we talked about on Sunday, uh, recall California is one of the uh, one of the states who now have to alter uh, the way that they give citizens concealed carry permits because they can't use their quote unquote good cause requirement anymore. Just like New York can't use their proper cause requirement. Well, it remains to be seen what exactly California and New York will do. But in the meantime, the California state attorney general just doxed all the existing concealed carry permit holders in the state. The AG's office releasing a list of names, birthdays, gender, race, and home addresses of every single person in the state of California with a concealed carry weapons permit. This all happened last night after the AG released a website in the effort to be more transparent when it comes to gun safety. The website had in it uh, firearm safety information, record sales, and a link to a portal of concealed carry permit holders, except when you clicked on that portal, thousands of columns came up with all of that personal information included that I just mentioned. Now, that website has since been taken down, but too late. Victims already saw it. They're trying to claim this is some sort of accident, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I like that race column, though. Yikes. <laughs> well, wait, what about it? I mean, just the fact that that's even there, that does well, kind of speak to the, the possibility this was this was accidental. But I, I, I don't believe that. Well, is there is there some kind of noise going on in the background? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm getting a lot of noise off you. But uh, but get this. It wasn't just uh, concealed carry permit holders who had their information revealed. It was also people who applied but were denied. So if you go to the state of California and say, hey, could I please get recognition of my rights? Uh, no, uh, we'll deny you and we'll just dox you instead. Well done. Ugh. Information goes all the way back to 2011. But um, as far as the intent here that you were asking about, this release was part of the AG's new firearms dashboard portal, which it's a website designed to improve transparency and information sharing for firearms related related data. So according to their explanation, it was not supposed to include um, personal information of concealed carry permit holders. It was apparently supposed to include anonymized information about them. So it was supposed to remove identifying information. But if you wanted to do some kind of data breakdown about who has them in an anonymized way, they were trying to facilitate that. AG Rob Bonta says he is deeply disturbed and angered by the leak. He is pledging an investigation into how this happened. Well, 
if I want to be uh, cynical, it's because you want to intimidate people from trying to get concealed carry permits now that you, you have to. At least the state is going to have an obligation to give them on more objective criteria. If I want to be kind, it's that you guys were just very poor with your data management, that you wanted to put all of this concealed carry data out there and you didn't uh, properly scrub the There's no way this was not an intimidation fields. effort. I have a hard time thinking that it was pure accident, but... Uh, I suppose if you want to think that it's, it's hard for me to be charitable to California politicians, but that's what they want. Anyway, if, if you're uh, interested in research about concealed carry permit holders, that uh, actually New York governor, Kathy Hochul was asked about that. She was pressed by a reporter about her opposition to these carry rights. And uh, the reporter asked her if she has any data to show that concealed carry permit holders are committing any armed crime at all. And Kathy Hochul says, well, not only can I not produce that data, I won't. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> Do you have the numbers to show that it's the concealed carry permit holders that are committing crimes? Because the lawful gun owner will say that you're attacking the wrong person. It's really people that are getting these guns illegally that are causing the violence, not the people going and getting the permit legally. And that's the basis for the whole Supreme Court argument. Do you have the numbers? I don't need to have numbers. I don't need, I don't have to have a data point to point to to say that this is gonna, all I know is I have a responsibility to the people of this state to have sensible gun safety laws. Somebody who's going to go do a mass shooting or something like that may not go get a concealed carry permit. I never said there's any correlation between our solution here and the Buffalo case. In fact, I signed a package of 10 laws following Buffalo that dealt with the issue, the issues that were raised there. Okay. Gosh, don't you wish you could do that? Just uh, say that it doesn't even matter what the reality of the situation is because of how you feel and nobody questions you about it or gives a shit. I want that kind of power. The thing is, you do have that power as a mom. And to me, she's being <laughs> such a mom right there. Well, why are you doing this? Because I say I so. Said so. That's why. <laughs> don't ask me again. And it just says yeah. a lot about the governing ideology in general. Your rights don't matter. Evidence doesn't matter. It's just ideological pre-conclusions. That's all that yeah. matters. And this coming from the uh, the lady who's not your mom, by the way. She swore an oath to uphold your rights. So, uh, you know, once again, oath breaking is uh, is fine. We're just going to let that slide. And speaking of gun rights being needed in New York, uh, hey, you don't don't take your newborn out uh, on a walk with, uh, you know, you might you might be shot in the head, apparently, which is what happened. Yes, to, although uh, this was a not random violence. It was more targeted now that the it information It was definitely has come targeted. Okay. I mean, they haven't uh, come out and said it, but this 20 year old woman was fatally shot Wednesday night by a hooded gunman. And he just went right up to her and just shot her at point blank range hmm. and she was pushing her three-month-old um in the best area of the upper east side it was like oh. 92nd in lexington it's a super nice area okay um the gunman's identity has not been released but there was a history of violence between the victim and the father of the child yeah before she was born in march and then um threats were just being hurled at one another uh that continued until after her birth so i presume that he is the culprit here, mm -hmm. but they're using it as an opportunity to um, claim that New York Times, at least, to claim that this is uh, because of indiscriminate gun violence and access to of guns course. in New York. Yeah. I'm like, this is a domestic violence issue. This happened in the nicest area of New York City. 
Um, this also has nothing to do with the increase in for you know for fairness. It has nothing to do with the increase in crime in New York either. At least in general, toward uh, toward um, random or or not specifically targeted people. I'm I'm thoroughly convinced this is not a random yeah. act of violence. Well, you wonder, and I, I t- to be completely clear, obviously, I, I don't have evidence to say that this woman applied for a concealed carry permit and was denied. But I, but I wonder in such a situation, would her situation where she has a threatening uh, father of her child or former spouse or whatever the arrangement is, would that qualify in New York for her to be licensed to carry? I wonder if they would well, have. I think it depends on the nature of the threats. I think if if he beat her up. Or told her that he was going to kill her, right? And she reported it to police? I don't know. I have no but idea. But it sounds like but. this was not that. It was just like they hated each other. Yeah. And, but I'm, I'm sure he's the culprit. Really quickly, on the other major news of the week, for all this worry about mass shootings, there was a truck in Texas discovered with way more dead bodies than any mass shooting since uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. The discovery on Tuesday actually marks the single deadliest human trafficking incident in in U.S. history. Total fatalities now stand at 53. Dozens of people were shut inside this semi-trailer uh, parked roadside in triple digit heat without any water. Deaths are from exactly what you'd expect. Heat stroke, dehydration related. Uh, How issues. many survived? Do you know? I if there are. Any, it's, any survi- it's very yeah. few. I don't, I don't have a count of survivors on me, but I do know that uh, at least seven people have died at the hospital now. But these people were literally cooked inside of this truck. Uh, most were from Mexico. Some were from Guatemala, Honduras and El Salvador. A nearby worker heard cries for help from inside the truck, which led to the discovery. When the trailer was opened, nobody inside was conscious. Only about a dozen inside were even breathing. Upon discovery, 46 inside were dead. Apparently, seven were transported to the hospital alive and have now died at the hospital, which brings the total dead to 53. The suspected Jeez. driver, uh, Homero or Omero Zamorano, was found posing as a surviving migrant in a bush, uh, I think, around the general vicinity of this of this truck. So he was It's kind of a genius cover. <laughs> he was acting like he was one of them. Uh, he was arrested and is now charged with migrant smuggling, resulting in death. A second suspect, suspect, Christian Martinez, was arrested on conspiracy charges. Martinez was identified by looking at uh, Zamorano's phone records. The driver's phone records both could face life in prison. Mexican officials believe that migrants, uh, these migrants in the truck, most likely crossed the border in small groups, then gathered at a secret safe house in the U.S. where they uh, would have been crammed into this truck trailer for transport to the next stage of their journey. Uh, or on the next stage of their journey, rather, destination currently unknown. And uh, even though we continue to pursue border policies that enable and incentivize this sort of thing, uh, we're not supposed to talk about the politics of any of it. Joe Biden said this week, this is not the time for political grandstanding. Uh, so when there's a shooting, grandstand away, of course. Then <laughs> right. there's a political solution to but that. But this, no. No, it's not the time for grandstanding here. Um, we can dance all over the mass shooting deaths, but we cannot uh, have anything to say politically about these smuggled migrants. you got to have some decency about that. Again, it goes to show exactly where the priorities are. Uh, I know. What you can and I, can't talk about politically. I thought that this would have already happened now, but there has to be some sort of threshold that will pass where... Um, migrants will look at it and be like even though i'm poor in mexico and i'm subjected to a certain amount of gang violence my quality of life is not going to be better in america 
Well, the quality of life in this particular truck is definitely not going to be better in America. But I've seen those videos of Juarez, and I want nothing to do with that. That's all I I hear you. That's true. Yeah, but there's a lot of good things about Mexico. There's family values. They're they're Catholic. They have a strong culture. I mean, blonde moving to Tijuana confirmed. I mean, for them, it would be a disaster. (laughs) I would get there and I'd be beheaded in like four seconds by the Mexican (laughs) drug cartel. Um, But, you know, uh, at a certain point, you have to look at things like this and then look at the quality of life you're going to have in America and be like, maybe I should just have a go at it in my country. Well, the only way it it has to all of these problem countries have to be fixed by the people that live there. There's there's no other way for that to be achieved. Racist. Uh, Sorry, I meant by the United States cutting endless checks and uh, putting ourselves into bankruptcy. Only then will we save these countries. That's yeah, that's really. And that's answer. when they'll let you off the hook for racism, too. Yeah. Well, we got to talk about uh, the uh, the bombshell star witness testimony from the surprise January 6th hearing this week. Tuesday, of course, we got joke. this um, surprise bonus episode of Liz Cheney presents the January 6th committee. This is the midseason finale before the show resumes next month. Do you Uh, want to do a break only at the end of the show? Maybe we should probably do a break at the top of the hour. Like usual, I think. Okay. Um, I'm actually a little bit behind schedule. I thought maybe I'd be quicker, but I have not been. I talked a lot about the poop throwing incident. (laughs) That's true. We lost maybe 10 minutes there. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the, the event, this event, this surprise hearing was, uh, it was teased as this new surprise bombshell witness who turned out to be a a woman named Cassidy Hutchinson, a 25 year old former assistant to Mark Meadows, the former white house chief of staff. And in just a few short hours, Hutchinson, as I mentioned at the top, she etched her place in the bullshit hall of fame. She channeled her inspiration from, Christine Blasey Ford and Jussie Smollett and Amber Heard and all the greats that came before her to deliver a legendary performance of her own. And uh, this was largely what I would call killer's lyrics. Somebody told me that you had a boyfriend who looked like a girlfriend who heard Trump say some stuff in January of last year. That was really (laughs) a summary of most of the stuff that she said. I probably should have sang that, but nobody wants to hear that. It was almost complete and total telephone game hearsay is the point yeah. that I'm making. I heard I heard someone say that this happened. Not I saw it, except for a few instances. instances. She did see some things, but mostly it was I heard someone say that they saw this. Okay, so it all starts with Chokegate. The idea that Trump uh, was so pissed that his Secret Service drivers wouldn't take him to the Capitol that he grabbed the steering wheel and tried to choke one of them. This was a major claim from Hutchinson, again, that she heard, not that she witnessed, but that she heard uh, from Deputy Chief of Staff Tony Orinato, or Ornato that uh, Trump was so enraged by the Secret Service refusing to take him to the Capitol that, that he uh, got violent with them. Here's what she said. I looked at Tony and he had said, did you effing hear what happened in the Beast? The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president Take me up to the Capitol now. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Engel. And Mr. when Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles. Okay. You know, she has a tell when she's lying. Which is what? The corners of her mouth turn up ever so slightly huh like a smirk or something 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll keep an what eye out the, for it. This is like Russia gate levels of just absolute insanity. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I understand you're looking for the tells. I understand everybody's laughing at this story because it's so far fetched. But uh, I wouldn't say don't laugh just yet, because right before live tonight breaking new evidence has emerged. Apparently footage from inside the cabin of this vehicle on January 6th has emerged. It doesn't look very good from Trump I, uh, for Trump. I will admit. Okay, so I wish that's pretty damning. And adding to the evidence, six more women have now come forward to allege that Trump grabbed their steering <laughs> wheels too. The walls are closing in, I would say. Mm. Okay, so uh <laughs> and at the end of the video, you notice Trump did grab the steering wheel. They even had that detail and yeah, he grabbed yeah. the steering wheel too, gave it a little tug. Uh, almost immediately, there were reasons to dismiss this as crap. First, um, again, it was not, it, it was heard about, it was not witnessed. Depending on what car they were allegedly in, she said the Beast, which is a, a specific presidential car that has a lot of security features. But then it was reported later that Trump was actually inside of an SUV. But depending on what car he was in, he might not have been able to reach for the, uh, the driver and the passenger in the cabin at all. That's disputed. Uh, but apparently, beyond just that, apparently the January 6th committee never even bothered to reach out to Secret Service or to agents to confirm. A Secret Service spokesman says that the committee did not reach out with any questions or requests for uh, personnel to appear before the airing of this information. So they didn't even bother confirming it. And we now have an active denial as well. It's not just that they didn't confirm. Almost immediately after the claim aired, it was reported that Bobby Angle, the lead agent who Trump allegedly lunged at to choke uh, as well as the uh, the limo driver, they didn't or maybe Trump was trying to choke the driver. I can't remember. But the guys involved, they are denying this report and they, they, they're saying they're willing to testify under oath that it didn't happen and that neither man was assaulted. I see Good Breitbart Lord. saying that Engel will testify. Not just willing to testify, but will testify. I'm not sure if that's accurate because I've seen nothing from the committee to say that he will, unless I'm mistaken about that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but. I'm not sure that we have that it's confirmed that he will speak to the committee, but uh, perhaps it'll happen. Um, regardless, uh, it's clearly not a thing that happened anyway. But but again, almost everything in this. If it happened, who cares? How does that mean that Trump caused the riot at the Capitol? Precipitated it, contributed to it, ordered it <laughs> by lunging at a man and tugging on a steering wheel. If it wasn't for that, none of it would have happened. It's irrelevant. But moving from one thing that's irrelevant to something that is uh, even less relevant or even more irrelevant, depending on how you want to phrase it, uh, that's ketchup dripping down a White House wall after Trump became so enraged that he threw a plate in response to then Attorney General Bill Barr saying to the AP that he doesn't uh, he doesn't see evidence of election fraud. On December 1, 2020, Attorney General Barr said in an interview that the Department of Justice had not found evidence of widespread election fraud sufficient to change the outcome of the election. Ms. Hutchinson, how did the President react to hearing that news? He motioned for me to come in and then pointed towards the front of the room near the fireplace mantle and the TV where I first noticed there was ketchup dripping down the wall and there's a shattered porcelain plate on the floor. The valet had articulated that the president was 
extremely angry at the attorney general's AP interview. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, this is again. like when high school gossip gets some sort of congressional platform, you know? <laughs> As Blonde might say, if true, don't care. Well, uh, I don't give a shit about any of this, but, you know, yeah. do you guys still want more women in politics? I mean, more of this is going to happen. These are just petty accusations. Well, I heard that he threw a ketchup bottle against the wall. And, <laughs> and how old? This chick is 25. Yeah, that's what, uh, that's what my sources if say. If we're going to have women in politics, can we at least agree no women with vocal fries? Okay, fair. I mean, that eliminates Christine Blasey Ford, too, which is yeah, also great. Yeah, great. All right. We, does Kathy Hochul have a vocal fry? we got to figure yeah. it out. Yes, does she, she does. Okay. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, okay, the, the actual claim that I think is the most interesting uh, is this new claim that from the committee that there were armed men among the mob. Uh, they're speaking about the, the... I shouldn't use the word mob in that context. The crowd uh, of people listening to Trump speak, which... I suppose could be true. We know that there weren't guns inside the Capitol, except for you know the one that famously shot Ashley Babbitt. But it's certainly possible that there were guns on uh, that the people were carrying out on the lawn where this event happened, things like that. But the the committee is claiming that there were men armed with AR-15s, which to date nobody has been able to produce a photo or a piece of video showing, as far as I'm aware. But here's video of Liz Cheney playing police communications from January 6th, making that claim that there were people carrying AR-15s, plus Hutchinson explaining that Trump was informed that people in his crowd during his speech were armed. And she said this, this is something she actually sort of witnessed. She was in the vicinity when she overheard Trump say something to the effect of, well, I don't care that they're armed. Police radio transmissions identifying individuals with firearms, including AR-15s, near the ellipse on the morning of January 6th. Maybe a white male, about six feet tall, and underneath the hoodie jacket, the complainants both saw a stock with AR-15. I've got three men walking down the street in fatigue while carrying AR-15. Copy it. Mm-hmm. Independent. And you told us, Ms. Hutchinson, about particular comments that you heard while you were in the tent area. I was in the vicinity of a conversation where I overheard the president say something to the effect of, you know, I, I don't effing care that they have weapons. They're not here to hurt me. Take the effing mags away. That is some solo red solo cup horse shit right there. <laughs> the the way that she explained that, that's exactly what Christine Blasey Ford did. She's like, well, someone or no, 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 it wasn't Christine Blasey Ford. It was the other one. Um, Julia. What was her oh, name? Oh, Swetnick. The uh, Julie the gangbang lady. Yes. Yeah. She said, um, like, someone gave me a red solo cup. I don't know what was in it. I don't know. If it, it, it he was in the vicinity, it could have been Kavanaugh. Yeah, do you remember her famous moment where she said, "If Brett Kavanaugh did this to me, he needs to be held accountable." Right. So it right. was an uncertain accusation. It's a possible accusation. That's exactly what she just did. Hmm. So that she doesn't well, have to perjure herself later. Well, the first claim is is also secondhand. That's police saying somebody told them that they saw a guy with an AR stock under his jacket. I highly doubt that the second claim apparently is from police personnel saying that they see it or saw it. Point of fact on this open carry is banned in D.C. as far as I understand. So if police saw this, that would be an arrest on the spot type situation. Why didn't they? No, no. She said she seen it. That's what. Oh, oh, sorry. I want to quote correctly. A fair point. (laughs) As far as what Trump said, even if he did say, I don't care that they're armed. 
So what? This was in the context. If Trudeau don't care. I don't of, care about his of his own speech. He's talking yeah. about. I don't care that they're armed at my speech. He's saying, I don't care that if if they're here and they're armed because they aren't here to hurt me. Me being Trump. It would be a leap to interpret that to mean Trump wants those armed people to take guns to the Capitol to hurt others. Something that they that Trump didn't say, according to Hutchinson's own testimony, and indeed something that never happened. Again, the only relevant gun inside the Capitol that we're aware of is the one that shot Ashley Babbitt. Yeah. And even on CNN, you have um, Jake Tapper interviewing uh, Jake Tapper interviewing uh, Jamie Raskin, who sits on the committee. And even Jake Tapper, he says, wow, this is damning testimony. But uh, the journalist in me has to admit this is almost all hearsay. And Raskin agrees. It is just an incredibly damning and dramatic story uh i would just as a journalist and as an american appreciate more corroboration for the story since as of now it is hearsay i mean it is oh sure okay uh jamie raskin who insurrectionist himself guy who objected to certifying the 2016 election results um but yeah, in other words, hearsay is in things she heard about did not actually witness herself. So take it with a grain of salt. And your point on potential lies, there appear to be several, not just potential lies, but some of them appear to be substantiated lies, falsehoods, fabrications. Yeah. What do we got? Um, well, she wrote a she. OK, so there was this note, the supposed note um, that she claimed she wrote that uh, substantiated this claim that Trump was going to intervene with the the Capitol rioters. Um, but it was actually, she testified this, but it was actually written by Eric Hirschman. And he was like, no, I wrote that. And, and okay. it, it doesn't really say anything important, just like, oh, he's he's going to tell the rioters to go home, which he later, you know, didn't do. But she didn't even write it. And she was like, she's, she claimed under oath this was her handwriting. Hmm. Um, I don't know how to say this guy's name. Is it Cipellone? I've heard it pronounced Cipellone. many different ways. I'm going with Cipollone because that's what I've heard most frequently, Cipollone? but that's probably wrong. I feel like that is, that has got to be wrong. I heard people pronouncing it all sorts of ways. But um, she also claimed, Hutchinson also claimed that uh, Cipollone, spelled differently in different articles, by the way. It was. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I had to double check when I was writing it in the notes because I could never figure it out. Um, told her to tell her boss, Mark Meadows, that Trump should not go to the Capitol on January 6th. And then she testified that he said, we're not not Trump, Cipollone. We're going to get charged with every crime imaginable if Trump went to the Capitol. So Liz Cheney um, doubled down in her calls to get uh, Cipollone to testify before the committee Due to Hutchinson's testimony, she said, as we heard yesterday, White House counsel Pat Cipollone had significant concerns regarding Trump's January 6th activities. It's time for Mr. Cipollone to testify on the record. Any concerns he has about the institutional interests of his prior office are outweighed by the need for his testimony. And our dear Jack Posobiec actually confirmed that Cipollone was not even at the White House on the morning of this supposed conversation where he said, we're going to get charged with every crime imaginable. He wasn't even there. If that can be demonstrated, <laughs> that's uh, pretty It was demonstrated. Yeah. Apparently, Jack Posobiec is um, acting in like some sort of official capacity, official governmental capacity. I don't know how well, he got so legit. Um, yeah. But- <laughs> 
whenever someone says sources say, which is what he's saying in this case, you always have to be a little bit appropriately skeptical. That said, there's no um, evidence or confirmation that he was even at the White House. Yeah. And and there have been instances where Jack has had sources that have been absolutely right. So I don't want to dismiss Mm. this outright either. Uh, But if that can be demonstrated that she straight up fabricated a conversation, said, I talked to this guy at the White House and he wasn't there. I mean, that's uh, again, she's under oath. I don't know how you call that anything other than perjury. That is the invention of facts. But they Uh, they don't care that that she perjured herself because they were all complicit in the perjury. You don't think that she was put up to this? Although scorned woman seems to be the source of all of this, as with all angry 25 year old women, Hmm. there was some man behind it that wouldn't bang her. And that's really what was happening here. Well, if not that, potentially something very close to because it's very interesting that she was so worried about Trump's behavior on January 6th. Turns she out, was going to take a job from him. Yeah. She was trying to follow him straight to Mar-a-Lago for a, a job uh, with Trump after yes. the fact, but didn't Bloomberg get it. Bloomberg reported this on January 14th. So it's hmm. what, like two weeks after January 6th. Yeah. Trump aides who may work for him after the White House include Nick Luna, the director of office operations and Trump's body man, Michael, uh, Molly Michael, blah, 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 and Cassidy Hutchinson, an aide to chief of staff Mark Meadows. Um, yeah. So so they it had already come out in a legitimate publication that she was slated to work with Trump after January 6th. Now, why would she do that? If all of these things had happened, she was seriously concerned about the morality of the... Of of Trump and the Trump maybe she likes being choked out too. Maybe she's into that, so she wanted to follow him. Seriously, so Trump, um, t- I think he tweeted about this. He said, "I hardly know who this person, Cassidy Hutchinson, is, other than I've heard very negative things about her—a total phony and leaker." This is the Trumpiest tweet I've ever read yeah. in my life. And she requested to go with certain others of the team to Florida after having served a full term in office. I personally turned her request down. Um, why did she want to go with us if she felt we were so terrible? I understand that she was very upset and angry that I didn't want her to go or to be a member of the team. She is bad news. <laughs> there was a fake post from Trump circulating that allegedly called her a six, which I was hoping was real, but it, it wasn't. Oh, that does ring true. Hmm. But yeah, I think she was just scorned about this job thing. And in, in leftist fashion, they're they're very good at getting these people that will talk because of their own personal biases. I don't know what she was promised, though. Do you think it was money? I have no idea. I, I just I, Liz Cheney was seen hugging Cassidy Hutchinson after the hearing. So uh, there's whatever it is, there is probably some sort of uh, behind the scenes relationship and or corruption <sighs> to Lord. explain much of this. But uh, but as far as what the aim here is and how all of this is going to go, uh, a lot of people believe they seem to be trying to build a case for the Justice Department to bring charges against Trump. Uh, and, and they're always saying these charges are imminent. The walls are closing in once again, despite still no indication from the Justice Department that, that that's actually the case. Maybe they want these hearings to conclude so they can have that supposed basis of legitimacy before doing it. But if they had the ability to prove a case... Even before this committee was ever formed, I got to think that Merrick Garland would have already been all over that. He would take a break from going after parents at the school board meeting if this was a viable case. I think it would be priority number one for that guy. I think it's interesting that the AP is reporting uh, this morning. Nearly half of Americans think Trump should face criminal charges. Forty eight percent, according to this AP poll. 
And the question is, charged with what? Well, they don't know. Right. In fact, uh, the poll doesn't even specify a crime. And the AP reporting acknowledges the question is basically just a proxy for party affiliation or Trump support. Near 90 percent of Democrats want Trump charged with a generic crime. Ninety percent of Republicans don't. In other words, this poll, uh, this is poll respondents saying my political enemies should be criminally prosecuted for what? I don't know. I just want them criminally prosecuted. That is a bad omen for the stability of the country. Not that omen, good omens are are common, but when we have... They don't exist. Bad omen is also a redundancy. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I'm... Well, bad. I hate okay. myself. God. Wait, wait, wait. Omen is by definition good, but bad omen is a thing or. A... No, omen is by definition bad. There's no such thing as a good omen and saying oh. bad omen is a redundancy. OK, well, I'm what sorry. should I what should I say? A, a good omen. sign omen. or bad sign? Because I need both. Yeah. Oh, is it a bad sign, I guess. OK. In any case, um, when you have almost all of a political party saying uh yeah, we want our political enemies prosecuted for what we don't know. We just want them prosecuted. Right. That's uh, that's going to manifest in bad yeah. ways. Oh, Keep an of eye course. On that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it already has manifest. I mean, we've been watching manifestations of this mentality for years now. But when it's not just, say, entrenched power in D.C. within the FBI or the DOJ, when it's your typical American poll respondent saying that, when public oh, opinion yeah. actually backs it, mm-hmm. that's bad news. Um, I can't believe they're still in this Trump thing. Yeah. When the country is rotting in almost every other way, the fact that a significant portion of the country uh, considers this to be, I guess, a huge issue. I mean, I'll acknowledge probably gave more time to that than we should have. However, I find it entertaining, too. So anyway, but in the interest of not giving it more time than it's due, we probably should move on and we can talk about Biden's support for ending the filibuster and other abortion plans. But it's uh, it's definitely time for a break. Uh, we're good over on D Live. Thank you guys over there. If you're ready on YouTube, go for it. Trump choke gate. Good lord. Okay, hold Mulray. Wonder Woman has a magic lasso. When she ties it around somebody, they have to answer truthfully. If you can lasso one person and ask them one question, as privately or as publicly as you like, who and what is it? Oh Ugh. lord. Oh man. I would need time um, to think about that to make the right choice. Ooh. It would be really funny to see Nancy Pelosi be like, I think black people are stupid and need to be controlled. <laughs> when you have to ask a question, you can't force her to say a statement. I, OK, all I would say is, um, what do you think about black people? <laughs> OK, Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, yeah, Nancy Pelosi she's has not to harboring serious, you know, racial discrimination like in her heart. I don't know. I don't know what's in Nancy Pelosi's heart, but I suppose the answer would be interesting. Um, God, what is like a fundamental you get truth? Some answers though from about. I have to ask a living person. It has to be a living person, presumably. Okay. Oh man, it's like what? What's the most important? Um, I, I, I actually, I know it's uh, current. Is uh, as far as current political issues, I want to ask. It's got to be one person, someone between the WHO leader or Fauci or someone in the know <gasps> yeah. where the virus came from. But I have to That's pick the right person to make answer. sure that they know. Oh, we could also ask about the Clinton body count. That's a good one. OK. Uh, Long down, John, thank you for the um, question and supporting. 
A real a real thinker. Uh, the part I like most about Biden is his knack to say things that are a little too honest, like Americans um, will have to deal with high gas prices until we win in Ukraine. <laughs> and like that, a million midterm ads were made. Uh, well, I mean, he's senile. Like, what Come on, man. Expect? He was out there today. He's doing his European tour. He it's a clip I maybe should have saved, but we've heard him say it a million times before. He said, inflation is the result of Russia, Russia, Russia. Gas prices are the result of Russia, Russia, Russia. And I thought that was it's Trump who says that Trump makes fun of you by saying Russia, Russia, Russia. Here you are offering it as a serious explanation. What the hell? Like who? It's really rare. Like, you know, uh, I guess your kid's not talking yet, but um, sometimes like little morsels of things I say a lot will kind of get stuck in, in Emmeline's brain and then hmm. she'll bring them up at inappropriate times. Yeah. I'll have to be very it's like careful. That. When it's he like, starts it's like parroting. senility brings you back yeah, to maybe. a childlike state of mind. Yeah. Um, Logan or the last world war II medal of honor recipient and uh certificate. I've, uh, Woody Williams. Okay. Nip cooker. Is that racial? Is that a racial thing? <laughs> that's that's a that would it's cooking of Japanese. I got to imagine that's a reference to uh, flame throwing Japanese people right. on Pacific Islands. That's got to be what that means. I forgot about Gran Torino. Uh, do they say that in that movie? Doesn't he say nip a bunch? Yeah, maybe. I know he says the G word famously. But is he talking okay. about Koreans or Japanese? I forget. He was talking about Koreans. Maybe he didn't say nip. Nip yeah. is a is a racial slur that I don't have a lot of familiarity with. Yeah, isn't it a reference to don't J- Japanese people call Japan Nippon or Nippon or something like that? Isn't it weird how some of these racial slurs have um, totally innocuous origins? Yeah, it's like what they call their country. Or like even calling somebody a Jap. People are like, ooh, but it's, <laughs> it's you're Japanese. Like, what's, yeah. the, what's the problem? Here? Yeah. Um, Nip Cooker, Woody Williams has died at 98 yesterday. Semper Pfizer. That's it must run. be that. It must have been that he flame flame through flame throwed a lot of people. I don't know the story, but I'm going to look it up while you keep going. Um, yeah, last Porcupine. surviving World War II Medal of Honor recipient, dead at 98. Wow. Uh, Porcupine, hey guys, I was wondering if you believe our country will ever have organic unity ever again, or are we doomed to fight until the collapse of the country? Thank you. Um, organic unity? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, we clearly can't coexist. Like this abortion thing is. Uh, it's really showing me what everybody's made of. Can I share good. a country with people that that are just freaking out because they can't murder a bunch of kids? It's a pretty good proxy for a lot of things. That is to say, like base level value of life as a as a moral foundation, but also how you view uh, the proper distribution of power in politics. Right. Are you in favor yeah, of yeah. local control or are you in favor of top down force? And mm-hmm. so it's really re- that issue is particularly revealing for a lot of high value pieces of information. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I just think so I kind of think we're just too big too. will we ever be unified in our current 330 plus million population country with widely divergent values? I, nah. I don't think so, honestly, but. And um, you don't want that. You don't want perfect homogeneity. You just want enough that uh, people are going to be able to trust their neighbors. That's really yeah, exactly. I, I don't, you want enough dispute between people to keep each other in check and really be challenging each other all the time in pursuit of the truth. But you do have to have some base level shared value system 
without like that, not wanting to uh, kill babies. How about that? That's a well, good place to start. Value for if you erase the presumed value of human life, really all moral framework falls after that. Yeah. And that's yeah. as I've had my mind become more clear on the abortion issue. That is a driving principle that if I don't assume or grant the premise that human life has value base level, there's really nothing wrong with doing anything horrible to anybody else. And I know the counter that people would offer is, well, do you define what's in, in utero there as human life? But biologically, I can't tell you what makes that distinct. It is a, what makes that distinguishable from other people walking among us. They are both distinct pieces of human genetics. And Mm -hmm. I just don't, if I believe that those things have value by default, it would be wrong of me to extinguish it in the womb, outside of the womb, anywhere. And, I agree. Yeah. If, if we don't agree on that, then at what moral framework do we agree on? Or can we have together? Um, I think we should circle there. Okay. Let me uh, catch up with just a couple of her on uh, Tippy Stream, and then we'll get back into the news here. Eric Burns Marsh says, Matt, I disagree with you about the end of Pride Month. I consider Canada Day to be a part of it since uh, Brando, Trudeau Brando. What's, what's Brando? Anyway, Trudeau is an effeminate bundle of sticks. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose it's Pride Month every month by virtue of him. N-word, F-word says, construction is uh, construction enthusiast, please. Uh, Thomas doesn't jog politically, ergo Jumanji, <laughs> Jumanji Brown Jackson. That is a... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm keeping Jumanji Brown Jackson as her I nickname. I like it. The N-word. Uh, she will be the first to jog the right way on the court. But Thurgood Marshall came before Clarence Thomas, and he was uh, he jogged the right ways, uh, according to these people. So they should be able to credit him. But speaking of credit, Jumanji Brown Jackson. I genius. like it. Uh, how, yeah. Man, that's one of those things where it's like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Whenever you get slapped with one of those. Phil says... Does everyone remember when the website with Trump donors uh, home addresses was released? The this concealed carry doxing has similar vibes. That actually rings a bell, but I can't remember the specifics. What? Where did that come from? It's already I've already forgotten that. Apparently, I don't remember. Phil says age of consent in Mexico is between twelve and fourteen. Cartels run large swaths of the country, but apparently importing all of that here is fine because we can't mow our own yards or fix our own food. Shaking my head. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Phil. And the rest of our uh, chatters, as always, we will get back with your chats at the end of the stream. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. For now, it's back into the news. The other uh, big news of the day today is that uh, Joe Biden, at first I read it as called to end the filibuster. So the filibuster obviously being the rule that at least on non-budgetary matters, anything through the Senate requires 60 votes as a procedural Mm -hmm. matter because they can Mr. Smith goes to Washington debate forever if they want (laughs) to. Okay, so if you want to write a national abortion law, for example, you need 60 votes in the Senate, at least under current Senate rules. More uh, radical members, the the squad wing, uh, you know, that's the House, but the squad wing of the party has been calling to end the filibuster to nationalize, to make a national abortion law, cramming through a national abortion law with just 50 uh, senators. And then presumably uh, Kamala Harris would break the, the, the tie. Joe Biden supposedly a moderate a guy of norms and institutional fidelity and integrity. This morning I read it as he endorses ending the filibuster outright. It's not quite correct. He actually wants a, 
he wants to end the filibuster only to write a an abortion law. So it's just a suspension of the filibuster for this purpose or an exception uh, for this purpose. And then Democrats, they say they want to codify Roe. So what would that mean? Write a national law that apparently uh, puts Roe's standard into statute. So Roe and Casey mm-hmm. or Casey's later addition to Roe said you, states can't regulate this issue before viability. They would write a law that says no state, a, a federal law that says no state can pass a law or enforce a law that you that they can uh, regulate abortion before the fetus is viable. Uh, Joe is in Europe, as I mentioned, and here's what he had to say uh, this morning, our time about it. Most important thing to be clear about is we have to change. I believe we have to codify Roe v. Wade in the law. And the way to do that is to make sure the Congress votes to do that. And if the filibuster gets in the way, it's like voting rights. It should be we provide an exception for this, the except the require an exception to the filibuster for this action to deal with the Supreme Court decision. Okay, so for just this, I guess the standard would be uh, he tweeted the same thing. Uh, We need an exception to the filibuster to deal with this Supreme Court decision or the Supreme Court decision, the one that overturned Roe. So I guess the standard is uh, we have the filibuster for stuff that Democrats don't like. But when it's stuff that Democrats do like, then we have a filibuster exception. This is nothing but. We're losing according to the rules. We're going to change the rules so that we can win. But if we might lose according to those rules, we'll change them again. Yep. Okay. No need to analyze the logic because one, it's uh, unprincipled as always. But two, it's not going to happen anyway. Immediately after Biden's comments, spokespeople for both Senators Manchin and Cinema uh, told this particular reporter that the, the, uh, those senators still oppose changing Senate rules, meaning they would not support ending the filibuster, even after this Dobbs abortion decision. Again, Democrats would need all 50 of their members to attempt to make this rule change, plus Kamala Harris. Minus two is nowhere close. And that assumes Democrats still have 48 others. They did have a vote on this earlier in the year where they got 48. But I got a doubt rolling into the midterms where Democratic senators that are up for reelection are very vulnerable, even in Mm. perceived blue states. Yeah. That they're just going to sign up. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's not only end the filibuster, but let's ram through <laughs> our view on abortion and push this idea as hard as we can. So even if Democrats did change the minds of Manchin and Cinema and they passed this law, the ironic thing is it'll be just like what happened with Harry Reid when they undid the filibuster for uh, executive appointments and judges. You've set a new standard that will defeat you in the future. You think the new Congress isn't going to come in and just undo this the second that they get the there. The second and that I, they can. Right. And they I know that Biden sort of permanent thing. Biden would have veto power, but you think that is Biden really getting reelected in 2024? Like at most you would have this in place for a year or two years if you ram this all through. And even if they did that, that also assumes that it, it would, it would uh, stand up in court. It would be challenged immediately the day that it passes And it's going to go probably to a Supreme Court, ultimately, that is likely to be skeptical of it. Because what what constitutional basis does the federal government have to control abortion in all states? That's not Mm. at all clear. Likely fail in court. And then we're back to where we are now anyway. Exactly. Harry Reid taught them this lesson. When you pursue power by meddling with and weakening protections against it, you're going to pay the price later. So 
even though I don't want to see them have the votes to do this and attempt this, there's part of me that's thinking, go for it. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Try this and see how it works out for you. I'm sure it's going to be sure. It's going to be great. (laughs) Bottom line, not going to happen. Even if it did not going to last long for a bunch of reasons. So that leaves Democrats with, um, with other options or thinking about how they're going to expand abortion access in other ways. And, uh, you know, again, whether we're talking about the January 6th committee or we're talking about abortion in a country that is rotting in every other conceivable way that drastically affects every ordinary citizen. Most important things are ketchup, ketchup plates thrown against the wall. And no sense of priority, although this is working because um, it's drawing so much attention to this leftist cause. And then they can do what they love best, which is dunk on Trump, even though he has no political power right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, after that, we can uh, talk about our other priority, uh, our other um, priority, which is that babies, uh, babies lives don't matter, of course, and they uh, they should be freely murdered at will. Now, this idea that they have, the first idea is that uh, we're going to create federal abortion uh, Disneyland's in in red states or at least on federal lands in red states. So the, the idea would be use or, or on federal land that exists in states that restrict abortions, you build abortion clinics. Even if the um, the states where that land exists say no, this is what AOC and Elizabeth Warren and others are supporting. I'll start with the babyest of the babyest of the baby steps. Open abortion clinics on federal lands in red states. I also think at this moment, the federal government needs to be exploring what they can do to make federal lands available to help ensure access to abortion. Okay, Uh, possibly the most uh, unfortunate phrasing of all time by AOC there. Uh, If we take the baby steps to what you're talking about, there aren't going to be any baby steps because you don't have. (laughs) Ended them before they ever existed. It's odd language choice. The babyest of the babyest of the baby steps against the babies. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We have to take baby steps toward ending the baby steps, I guess. Anyway, um, it's not actually a baby step. It's actually very hard to achieve, legally speaking. Even uh, setting this land dispute aside, uh, how that would actually work out as to what law is controlling there uh, between the state and the federal government, I think might be an interesting, I certainly am not a land dispute lawyer. Ask the Bundys about how this plays out. I don't, they probably know a lot more than I do, but you set aside even the land dispute. You want to build a federally funded planned parenthood right next to old faithful or something like that. I assume you're going to need a congressional appropriation to do that. You're going to need money, money that doesn't currently exist. It couldn't possibly be taxpayer funded. Well, they just wait because uh, they just need to get creative about that. And they're openly admitting to the creative thinking. As far as explicitly authorizing money for that, um, would Congress vote for something insane like that? Well, in the House, maybe 50 senators. I don't know. But uh, but again, even if they did, that's something that'll be immediately undone once they're voted out. And you, you mentioned the legality of whether that funding's even legal. Uh, yeah, you'll have difficulty with the Hyde Amendment, the law that prevents um, right. federal funds for abortion. 
though they have found that their way around that uh, for years anyway. But but AOC and others are out there calling for the end to the Hyde Amendment. That's one of their ideas. Let's just end the filibuster and also end the Hyde Amendment and have direct funding to these uh, Planned Parenthood facilities in national parks and other federal lands. Uh, or maybe the Planned Parenthood at Old Faithful won't be federally funded anyway. Maybe they get around it by soliciting private donations Ooh, and have it done through work. private funding. I suppose that's probably the most legally square, but then they have lots of billionaires. I would think that you would still need a congressional authorization. How does a private entity get set up in, say, Yellowstone or Yosemite? Doesn't that require some kind of congressional authorization or maybe maybe the national park service is authorized to make those sorts of contracts and maybe they so they said on federal lands which there are a wide variety of federal land there's national parks there's national forests there's bureau of land management there's all sorts of different land designations hmm are government buildings on this might be an idiotic question are, are government buildings on private land are they on private property uh as far as like in a well, I don't know. Like in a, are you talking like in a city or are you talking about maybe? Yeah. In a city. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they, maybe they lease sometimes. Maybe it's private ownership. Sometimes maybe it's government ownership. Sometimes I have no idea. Cause then they wouldn't be relegated to these, these rural areas. They could just set up shop in the middle of some kind of existing government bureaucracy. Yeah. I suppose you don't have to build new. You could just uh, have that be the Planned Parenthood room over there in the existing office. Uh, another way they might get around it. Maybe they just go cheap. Elizabeth Warren says they they could just have um, outposts with tents. This is her actual quote. They could put up tents, have trained personnel uh, and be there to help people who need it. So we're going to have like some kind of civil war style medical facility where, <laughs> where it's just a tent out there in the field for all of your abortion needs. Um, but I suppose Elizabeth Warren does know a lot about frontier healthcare like this. Her people have used these ancient <laughs> techniques for centuries. Media reporting that she said tents, and I'm sure she meant teepees, of course, or maybe Pueblos, or she might have meant wigwams. Womp womp. The, the second idea is to have uh, the government pay for or subsidize abortion travel. Why do you need to build new accommodations out there in Wyoming? If you could just take those desperate Wyomingites uh, to have their abortions in, you know, the abortion palaces that they're sure to construct in California and New York, you just have to do that movement. You don't necessarily have to build a new place. So perhaps the government will devise a way to pay for such trips on CNN. Kamala Harris says the White House actually isn't thinking about this federal land idea, but they are thinking about subsidy for abortion travel that we do everything we can to empower women to not only seek, but to receive the care where it is available. Is a federal land uh, one of those options? I mean, it's not right now what we are discussing. What about the idea of financial resources, mm -hmm. some form of voucher for travel, childcare services, other forms of support for people, yeah. for women seeking abortions, in states where it's not legal. So this is something that we are looking at. They're going to have to figure out how to afford it. It means that they may have to put up money for a train or a bus or a plane, much less a hotel. And so we want to make sure that there does not result um, extreme disparities or any disparities based on who can receive care based on how much money they've got. Uh, who's going to tell her that uh, there are certainly not 
disparities that she would otherwise worry about in who is uh, receiving and participating in abortions in this country. Right, right. Uh, it's in fact skewed the other way. She's worried about, oh, there's going to be a lack of access. Uh, doesn't seem so. But uh, but yes, I'm sure that all those demographically disproportionate abortions are for sure happening in uh, Wyoming or something like that. You know, what are you saying? I'm just saying she's worried about lack of access that I think will that access will be maintained is what I'm speculating. Yeah, I agree. I'm not entirely sure what she's saying. I mean, this this would clearly only be legal from uh, like a job standpoint. Right. I mean, how could they even bypass that? Well, from, from a legal perspective, I, they're speaking so cryptically. I, I'm not really gleaning any information about how they're going to go about this. They are admitting that they want to and they're being secretive about how. But they're telling you that they are think, thinking creatively about how to get around the law. Again, the law being that federal money can't be used for uh, abortion purposes. So that eliminates so, grants that go through a private entity. Right. Well, they're going to get creative. This is HHS Secretary uh, Xavier Becerra, or as Joe Biden calls him, Jose Diarrhea or possibly Jorge Taqueria. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he says HHS is getting creative about um, this question. Uh, he just won't state it openly. And he tells the reporter, well, you're recording. Why don't you talk to me later when we're not? We are looking into everything, including assisting in transportation, something that HHS doesn't typically do. Can you do that legally? Uh, talk to me later. Uh, <laughs> I would tell you if uh, you're recording, so I won't tell you. So, uh, this is all on the record, yeah. Mr. Secretary. We are looking at every option, and among those is transportation. Okay. They're going to loophole this shit, aren't they? Well, I would like to think that such a thing would not hold up in court. Uh, but remember... According to the Wikipedia article on Planned Parenthood, uh, a third of Planned Parenthood's money is government grants and contracts. But it doesn't go to abortion. Right. The money's going to other services. I could certainly see the same logic being used here. Well, it's not for abortion. It's for a Disneyland vacation. And uh, the woman is taking some private time halfway through the Disneyland vacation to tend to some private business. But other than that, HHS is just giving travel vouchers to women in desperate need of meeting uh, Mickey Mouse and Goofy or something like that. How that would even how I guess the thing that doesn't make sense is for HHS to do this. Maybe they won't do HHS. Maybe they'll do a different federal agency. It would have to have some kind of health care premise. And right. if you remove the premise that abortion is health care, what else is the purpose of the spending? And how would that possibly be pursuant to congressional appropriation? Hmm. I don't see how they do it, but they're thinking about it. And they, where there's a will, there's a way with these people. I guarantee you that. Well, does the right have a will to to truly criminalize this in a meaningful way for people that are getting illegal abortions and abortion providers? Um, uh, if I think we don't in do that, own, then 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 it's this is pointless. This entire thing is pointless. I think in their own states they certainly do, and I think that um, there's existing federal law that is written fairly broadly to the spirit of this question, but. I suppose the only counter would be um, it's the sort of thing that if they did this and they were and they if they actually accomplish this and then they lose power uh, to the extent they're violating federal law, you, you probably have to have the balls to prosecute them after the fact because the law is I still just, on the books. I just don't see a future where we're prosecuting people that are doing. I mean, yeah. do you do you think that we're going to go there? Well, uh, 
in uh, our as far respective as states. Prosecute whom? Like, could I see a an AG come into power and look at someone like uh, Becerra for setting up a plainly illegal program to circumvent the Hyde Amendment? I could. I mean, maybe I could see something like that. Do well, I think I they're going to go after of people within any given state where abortions uh, going to be illegal? Yeah. Providing illegal abortions, which is obviously going to happen. Uh, it might. But I think uh, for fear of the legal liability, a lot of those people who are practicing it just won't. Right. And that's that's a form of enforcement itself. You don't necessarily have to see the prosecutions for the law to be functioning to the extent that people aren't doing it in that state anymore. That's against true. The law. Lastly, on the topic of abortion, <laughs> uh, alleged comedian Wanda Sykes appeared on Stephen Colbert's progressive propaganda show this week. Uh, delivered just an amazing two minute segment. I've cut it down a little bit, but it was a two minute segment of commentary that is really insightful about how these people think about you and their neighbors that they disagree with and how they they want the country to be organized uh, politically. Just note the themes. This is absolute political ignorance and a thirst for power and a command for you to shut the hell up and bend the knee. <laughs> How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm a black gay woman and I have a daughter, so I'm not doing so well right now. Mm. It's like the the country, it's no longer a democracy, right? I mean, we're it's no longer majority rule. The problem is that middle stuff. It's, it's those states in the middle, that, that, that red stuff. Mm-hmm. Why, why do they get to tell us what to do when the majority of us live... Out, you know, New York, California, and we're paying for all this crap, really. I mean, right? You know, if I'm fitting the bill, know your position. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, know, you know, for real. Like, look, if I say, hey, let's go out to dinner, you don't get to pick the restaurant. Just shut up and eat. Wow, she lacks basic understanding of how this country works. Sounds like a shitty friend, too. Like, if a friend asked me out to dinner, a good friend actually would ask generally ask for my interest in what we would like even if they intend on paying that's a good friend thing to do but obviously Mm -hmm. the premises here are bunk anyway but uh, just shut up and eat that's that that says about all you need to know about the way that they view you just shut up and eat. doesn't that just embody the mentality of coastal elites too oh it's unbelievable and it's one thing for this thirst for power when at least they're correct in their understanding but it's really frustrating when they have almost everything backwards so i don't even know where to start but a black gay woman. Things are really bad for me as a black gay woman because Mississippi is going to write a law against abortion or Why has already you passed one. You're a dyke and you already she, have a kid. How'd she that has happen? A, daughter, a man though. helped you. <laughs> she has a daughter. <laughs> uh, we're not a democracy anymore. We never were. Uh, we are a constitutional republic that prioritizes state autonomy outside of explicitly delegated federal government powers of which abortion is is not one. Uh, But even if we were uh, a democracy, how is this minority rule, as is being alleged? How is people voting on the issue undemocratic? Nobody is telling you what to do, of course. Vote. All these red states that you hate in the middle of the country, they're saying vote as you wish in your state, in New York, in California. Absolutely. Have at it. Whatever policy you want. And this claim about, well, we pay all your bills. Yeah, but we don't want you to. Do we suddenly agree on a scaled down federal government? Can we agree on a lowered tax burden? I agree that I don't want California and New York paying for Montana's bills. There's some dispute about whether that's actually the case, but let's grant the premise. Great. Let's agree on 
having less of a federal tax burden so that you don't have to pay yeah. for our shit and vice versa. That's Fine. our point, not yours. Right. Like right. anybody living in red states wants to be more financially dependent on coastal elites. Yeah. We just have a chasm between our worldviews. We can't share a country with these people. Just, I don't want them financing my life. And I don't really think that that's true from a tax perspective anyway. I've seen different claims to that effect. I don't know what's correct and what's not about which states are net leechers and which states are net contributors. But um, but almost everything she said there is not just backward, but it's a contradiction based on a backward understanding. Right. We're being told what to do. No, you aren't. You're free to do as you wish. Meanwhile, you want to tell others what to do. Just shut up and eat. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're not a democracy anymore because people get to vote now. I, I want voting, but also voting is bad. Just shut up and eat. Uh, everything, every premise just shifts in, in a moment's notice in this clip for convenience and, and the ultimate purpose of I say you do. That's it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I've just I've never seen a quicker demonstration of exactly what the Constitution was designed to protect against, which is this level uh, of an incoherent, power hungry idiot. The the Constitution is a they couldn't have pictured somebody more emblematic of who they were trying to protect against than Wanda Sykes in this clip. It's, It's really amazing. Met with thunderous applause, too. Yeah. The old Star Wars line. I do know that. Uh. That reference, at least. That's one movie reference. I know on my own, not even as a result of the bit. Okay, uh, we do have a couple Hunter Biden stories. And um, one of these, well, one of these is kind of, uh, I suppose, uh, salacious. This thing about, they're both significant. But this voicemail, I mean, this is, this really demonstrates corruption and a lie on the part of the president. And um, it's not being given the requisite coverage, I think. Uh, but of course, we're talking about um, the misadventures of uh, of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, of course, has long insisted that he knew nothing about Hunter Biden's business dealings in China. Joe said on the presidential debate stage, in fact, in October 2020, well, I don't know what Hunter does. He's just a good boy who flies around the world working hard. Uh, but Joe said on the debate stage, Hunter did not uh, did and has done nothing unethical as well. So I'm not really sure how both can be true that, you know, nothing about Hunter's dealings. Also, I know that they're unethical. Well, if you know that they're unethical, you know, something you you clearly have knowledge (laughs) about them. So uh, specifically on the debate stage uh, in October, 2020, Joe said that Hunter hasn't made any money in China. And then he pointed at Trump and said, that's the guy who gets money from China. And as reported last month by the Washington post and others, Hunter's laptop confirms Hunter and his uncle in fact, made something like a $4.8 million, almost $5 million from a Chinese energy company over the course of 14 months prior to Joe's presidency. Okay, so maybe that's a whoopsie. Maybe Joe just didn't know because that debate was October 2020. Hunter made no money in China. Oh, I didn't know about that because this reporting is in March of this year, just a few months ago. Well, this newly released voicemail would suggest otherwise. Records from Hunter's phone apparently backed up onto this infamous laptop Uh, within that there was this voicemail that is from Joe left for Hunter in 2018, referring to an upcoming New York times story that Joe has seen. And Joe says to Hunter quote, I think you're in the clear. Hey pal, it's dad. It's eight 15. Um, on uh, Wednesday night, if you get a chance, give me a call. Nothing urgent. 
just want to talk to you. I thought the article, at least the thing on online, is going to be printed tomorrow in the Times, was good. I think it's clear. And uh, anyway, um, if we get a chance, give me a call. I love you. Okay. Oh, God. There's some sadness in his voice. He, it, it sounds like a man who knows some things. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the New York Times story that Joe is referencing was published on December 12th, 2018. It details Hunter's dealings with Ye Jianming, a Chinese oil tycoon who was arrested amid allegations of economic crimes in China. Whatever that means, ask the Chinese authorities. But he, in addition to just him being arrested, also some of his associates and employees. Now, hilariously, as the, time note, the Times notes in this story at the time, that one of these... Um, one of one of the people working with this Chinese oil tycoon, his first call upon arrest was to Joe Biden's brother, Hunter Biden's uncle, who was also involved in this business dealing. Now, the Times says, well, that's common in China, because in China, if you can show connections to powerful people, you'll get maybe more uh, leniency in the uh, justice if you can system. show connections, existing yeah. connections. And maybe that's true. Uh, but the point is, even if he was pursuing nothing but uh uh, leniency in the justice system. I assume he had this connection to me. It's not like if you have no connection, you can just call up Joe Biden's brother or Hunter and Biden. Like, hey, what's up? Help you out. Uh, yeah. So, okay. The Times story also continued at the time. Um, oh, where is it in here? Yeah. It's unclear whether Hunter Biden struck any business deals with this Chinese company or with Mr. Ye or Ye through his attorney. Hunter Biden declined to comment. Okay. So without detail, any detail as to corruption or a bunch of money exchanged or something like that. Joe looked at this story and said, Oh great. Well, Hunter's in the clear. The question then becomes why would Joe Biden worry otherwise? If he had no knowledge about any risk of not being in the clear, why is this call necessary? Why would there be any concern at all about not being in the clear? Of course, because there was probably uh, well, not probably there were shady business dealings that, This seems to show, if not conclusively demonstrates, that Joe Biden knew about the entire time, probably personally profit off of uh, profited off of. I don't know if 10 percent for the big guy type arrangement, but then lied his way on the debate stage into the Oval Office uh, about. So, uh, not again, this is not just like, oh, Hunter Biden took weird, you know, did a weird uh, foot sex tape and put it on his computer or something. This is uh, this is a, a demonstration of a corrupt relationship that Joe Biden appears to have lied about. Uh, um, yes, it does appear, though, that that their relationship had this sort of element. Like, I know Hunter is up to no good, but don't tell me too much about it because it, it hmm. will incriminate me. Yeah. So um, he, he Joe Biden did try to protect himself to some degree, but he clearly knew like he knew about his son's drug addiction. He knew about the prostitutes, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, and he knew about the business dealings in Ukraine. So. But did he know specifics? I think he he put himself in a position where um, he probably couldn't answer to that. Yeah. I mean, how much he knew. But for him to say Hunter Biden made no money and I don't know anything about that. Well, clearly, you knew about it and clearly, clearly he made money. Right, These are right. broad level lies, not just specifics. Yes. You know, what's the deal with the, the Russian prostitutes? Oh, yeah, this is this is pretty damning, too. But according to this data uncovered on um, Hunter's now infamous laptop he received tens of thousands of dollars from his father in a very short amount of time a very um suspicious period of time as well so the washington examiner reported that biden wired hunter a total of a hundred thousand to help him pay 
uh, for bills from December 2018 to January 2019. And so there was some evidence that Hunter sought the money under legitimate pretenses, but Biden did know that he was frequenting escorts at the time. So Hunter paid this one escort um, $5,000 for eight hours, and then he wanted to extend his time with the escort to 16 hours. I don't know why you'd want to bang with some 16 hours. <laughs> Meth, it's a hell of a drug, right? Yeah. But he couldn't cover the $10,000 price tag. So then Joe Biden wired Hunter $5,000 an hour and a half after Hunter negotiated with this prostitute um, for the extended time period. So this isn't just like I have some outstanding debt in Russia. No, no, no. This is like right now, dad, right now. And then Joe Biden's assistant, who um, this is who it was being – the the money exchange was being channeled through, texted Hunter – um, shortly thereafter to apologize to him. And he said to to apologize to Hunter uh, that Joe Biden was only able to do $5,000 because your weekly limit is 7,500. Okay. Very uh, restrained. I know, oh, man. And um, this was one of the ones where Hunter Biden filmed his encounter with the prostitute. And on the film, Hunter repeatedly asked the, the escort who speaks almost no English, whether she is at all hurt. And then he warns her that she cannot, quote, talk to him that way and say things like that. Okay. So she couldn't speak any English. She clearly was in some kind of meth-induced rage. Yeah. And he got mad at her for, you know, not wanting to bang for 16 hours or whatever the fuck. <laughs> she and was then, pay- being paid well. She can't complain. And then complain. he beat her up. He beat her up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So All Joe right. Biden paid for Hunter Biden to do a bunch of drugs uh, raw dog, some Russian hooker for a million hours or whatever, and then to um, beat the shit out of her because she wasn't into it. Joe Biden paid for that. Did they use the Chinese money to pay for the Russian prostitute? <laughs> yeah, probably, they right? Connect the dots. Uh, no, they used taxpayer money for this. Uh, let's let's be honest. Or, you know, money that they used their that Joe Biden used his uh, yeah. office to obtain. But but tell me more about like Pissgate and all well, this stuff. It's just what I'm saying. pure projection. Did they know about this the whole time and say, uh, make, make up some bullshit about uh, Trump, uh, Russian hookers, uh, Moscow hotel. Right. Uh, take the Hunter story and just apply it over to Trump. I, I, <laughs> I have no evidence really to say that's the case. Shocking. Obviously I'm yeah. just, just wondering to the degree that they accuse other people of doing what they themselves do all the time. Is that the origin of some of this? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I just have a couple of hoax hate cases, if you're ready. Yeah. Okay. And now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? Actually, have no swastikas whatsoever this oh. week, but that's okay. Uh, as Pride Month comes to a close, outraged residents of Pacifica, California, have suffered an apparent injustice. The theft and mutilation of their precious pride flag flying at their local elementary school. 
A show of solidarity Tuesday afternoon for the Sunset Ridge Elementary School in Pacifica. Earlier this month, someone stole a pride flag from the school grounds. A few days later, it showed up again, tattered and burned. Police say it's now being investigated as a hate crime. But instances like these aren't just happening in Pacifica. Speaking at a press conference on Tuesday, California Attorney General Rob Bonta said reported hate crimes across the state rose around 33% last year. The increase in attacks seen against nearly all minority groups, including blacks, Asians, and the LGBTQ community. Reported hate crime has reached a level we haven't seen in California since the aftermath of the terrorist attacks of September 11th. Local leaders say the rise in reported hate crimes makes events like Tuesdays even more important. The sooner we can implement more and more resources and the sooner the community comes together and we have these really um, critical conversations, can we move forward? We're going to continue to bond together in unity like this to let those that know that tried to do this, but we don't accept that here. Okay. God, do we have to have more conversations? I feel like a like a tired <laughs> husband whose wife has been up three nights in a row, yeah. like talking about their relationship. Like, do we have to fucking talk about this anymore? I'm tired of talking about this. We don't agree. I don't agree with your lifestyle. I'm not trying to take away any rights from you, but I'm not going to pander to you anymore. Yeah. Also, burn all the pride flags. I don't give a shit. Well, I. It's quite possible this is no hoax at all. In fact, the reason that I bring this yeah. one up is not actually specifically about the flag. Although that is important. I don't want to bury the lead. Well, is no one going to ask why the hell is there a pride flag flying at an, at elementary, an elementary school? school? Yeah. And we're bringing our children in masks to go to this uh, unity event that is organized around uh, sexual lifestyles. Okay. All right. That's the California way, I guess. Um, but even if this even if this one is real, it's actually the the other themes of this story that I thought were um, worth noting. So the premise here, well, it's not just in Pacifica. Hate crimes are surging across California. Well, how could that be with all of your legal and political efforts to fight it in I your know. overwhelming and dominating uh, progressive, tolerant, uh, inclusive attitudes? How, how, how could this happen under that sort of political structure? It's because of the type of hate crime that is increasing. Did you catch it? Reported hate crime. Not confirmed. That doesn't mean anything. Not investigated. Not, not convicted. Yep. Ugh. Alleged. Reported. And the reason that is important is not just because we don't have facts established. It's just it's Cassidy Hutchinson killers lyrics. Somebody told me that I once that they once oh, saw this type Lord. stuff. It's it's um. What they achieve actually through this narrative about the uh, reported hate crimes, because as these two people who speak in the story are telling you, well, look at all these hate crimes going on. My organization's going to need more money. This political institution's going to need more money because we have to keep fighting this. And generally, whose back does that fall onto? The taxpayer. So they have they got to sit on their butts uh, and they, they have checks to cash to fix this forever problem. That they're constantly complaining about, but are actually dependent on because the very jobs that they hold are dependent on the idea that this is happening and that being a justification to extract wealth from their neighbors. This is an entire career, an entire industry built on, in many cases, outright fraud or in other cases, exaggerations to try to perpetuate the narrative. And you notice I know the, the, um, the commissioner in this story, I noticed the title, I thought. Dana Johnson, San Mateo County LGBTQ commissioner. This is case in or this is a, this is a uh, point of fact in, in in the case that I'm discussing here. 
we always have to have a new position. We always have to have a new office. We always have to have a new organization. I thought, my God, they have an LGBTQ commissioner in their county government. That's ridiculous. You have an identity based government office. Then I went and looked it up. Oh, no, no, no. They don't just have a commissioner. Okay. They have an entirely separate LGBTQ commission that she serves on. As far as I understand, department, this is a governmental department. This is broke. This is six more paid members of county government. As far as I understand, entirely separate from the county commissioners. So what do these people do? They take more of your money to build, as they advertise, a pride center in San Mateo County to make uh, make sure that gender uh, that that, uh, bathrooms are gender neutral for safety reasons in San Mateo County. They take your money to pay them to sit on their butts and do nothing productive. The people they're interviewing, it's a direct conflict of interest. They need these reports to fuel the money that goes to their organizations to supposedly fight these things, but they don't actually want them defeated. They just want them reported. They want the news cycle to continue, and they want to keep extracting your money because this is an industry at this point. It's too entrenched. We can't have it actually go away. Good Lord. It's unbelievable. Are we going to stop this? Are we going to continue down this road and, and allow this government bloat in this in this direction in this direction that's influencing our culture in such a meaningful way i just can't i know they're gonna pull off this abortion thing too if they can fund shit like this oh they'll try it but uh but what's the the mission of this commission is to improve the lgbtq quality of life in san mateo county i'm sorry if you're a gay person in san mateo county and life is too oppressive for you Ain't no life for you in this world. It does right, not exist. Right. You're going to have to learn to deal with life in San Mateo County. It's not going to get easier than that. And yet we uh, we have to keep extracting wealth to perpetuate this delusion because people's careers depend on it. All right. You're going to love this story if you didn't see it already, but I think it's hilarious. This is Farmington Hills, Michigan. A Cub Scout leader toured the police department with young children And apparently was shown the basement level of this police department building, which includes a target shooting facility. And this Cub Scout leader says through his or her attorney, I assume his attorney, that all of the targets that they shoot at the police department are depictions of black men. And he and the attorney are very outraged by that. So police investigated and found that the department uses actually 11 white targets and two (laughs) black targets. Uh, All of those targets consistent with Michigan state law enforcement standards. And I love this actually demographically representative. It it is proportional to the demographics of this particular area in Michigan. So they were thoughtful about that. It turns out, but the lawyer for this Cub Scout leader isn't done. She says the results of a freedom of information act request show that the police department is not using all the materials that they ordered for target practice as in all the different (laughs) targets. She says that they're ordering a diverse group of targets, but they're only using they're they're only ordering the white ones to cover up their habit of shooting only black guy targets. The attorney asks, now, how is it that they ordered all of these uh, diverse targets, but the only ones you're actually using are the black men? Now, I would assume that actually these targets come packaged kind of all together. And if you're you, if you're shooting at a particular point in time, you're not going to make an intentional decision. Make sure that the targets that we're using today are appropriately diverse. You're just going <laughs> to open a package and you're going to go with them. Right. OK. They didn't even think about it, surely. But bafflingly, the, the police chief, it looks like he's caving to this nonsense. Police chief releases a statement that says, I cannot overstress 
the seriousness of these accusations. Actually, Come you can. On, dude. You, you definitely can, and you are. Uh, considering the emotional impact this could have on our community, <laughs> and in keeping with our agency's commitment and partnership with our citizens, I am ordering an immediate legal review of our training systems and targets to be completed prior to our fall training cycle. And we know how this is going to be resolved. From now on, it's only white, heterosexual, Christian nuclear <sighs> families that will be depicted on the, on the targets for shooting. What a waste of time. And energy and resources. Uh, Why did he have to apologize? Just say nothing. They already did an investigation and said and found it. Yeah, we got lots of white guy targets, too, but that wasn't good enough. I, I know I have no doubt the end result is going to be no shooting black guy targets at all. That will be the end result. You can't have that. So it's one of those instances where I guess erasing black people or erasing the minorities you're seeking to, to protect is the solution. Um I don't know. There's probably some obligatory joke about. I don't know. They, they care about demographic <laughs> representation in the. In the it's there. It's somewhere. They, the targets and um, maybe the, make your own demographic representation logo or a uh, joke and, and fill in that blank because we're at about two hours and I'm I'm getting there in vacation know, mode. Well, it's just it, it's also tiresome. Like we, like we have the same conversation every weak and we don't seem to get anywhere culturally like we're we're still in the same place with this demand for diversity and all sorts of ridiculous walks of life that we were three years ago when we, were, when we started doing this bit five years ago um, yeah I, I think there's some evidence of cultural shift but not nearly enough um this is the sort of stuff that that even though it's not like we talked about this uh the other week with like alex stein and others going really hard with kind of public confrontation yeah. And even though that's not my style and I'm never going to be that guy, um, th stuff like this does make me see, even if it's not what I would do, if you want to defeat this public obnoxiousness, maybe there is need for some counter public obnoxiousness. Uh, it's sort of <coughs> I hate to say that because that's not what I want. I don't want a society in which we're all just screaming at each other. But if, if those are the terms of the game. Maybe the only way to stop this nonsense is to just go full blast with counter nonsense. I'm open to that tactic. Well, I don't know. know. I mean, we're not going to it's have the nonsense, energy or but you resources. Know what I mean. the, in your face style. We yeah. aren't going to have the energy or resources to invest in, in these these frivolous racial claims anymore at a certain point. I mean, we're functionally bankrupt. We're we're barreling towards a societal collapse in every Western country. Like you think in, in three years when all of us are like trying to find toilet paper and there's hyperinflation and all this shit, that it's going to matter that some black person is like, ooh, there's a shit swastika. You know, why didn't they draw a swastika on my house? <laughs> they didn't think ahead. Seems they like didn't. a real missed opportunity. Yeah. But anyway, so so people aren't going to be, be able to invest emotionally in this because they're going to have bigger problems to deal with. And Lord knows there's not going to be some kind of police force to investigate all of these claims like think about all the money and time that could have been saved and invested in in actual crime actual crime that happens in every community in the united states although more black. i think this is in the detroit region i would speculate are you serious I, it's not detroit police department but it's in i don't know what the crime rate in farmington hills is are so. you serious i i don't know anything about farmington hills but you know detroit is. is a city destroyed by black crime you know you can buy an entire city crime block and, and deploy it 
in Detroit for um, $5,000. A whole city block. A city block? Yes. It's not. It used to be a, 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 a city that was like the crown jewel of the United States. In like the 40s and 50s, you could have compared it internationally to almost any other city. And now you can buy a city block for $5,000. You can't go there without getting shot. Major shithole. And they're well, investigating stuff like this. I don't know anything about Farmington, Farming it, Hills. It's Farmington it? Hills. It's it's suburban Detroit. It's right outside of Detroit. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. So uh, you just sold me. Destitution is the solution. Once we're all fighting each other for scraps, we won't have we won't have the uh, luxury of worrying about this crap anymore. Did I say that? That's really smart. Yeah, that's your political campaign uh, slogan. It is the solution. I'm, I'm just tired of of emotionally investing in these frivolities all the time. It's it's hmm. like. At least when we're destitute, um, we're going to have to deal with more important things, surely. It will uh, forcibly reprioritize your life. That is true. So we have that to think about the life of your ancestors, you know, like four of your 14 children would die before the age of five and you had to toil in the fields and everything sucked. But they did live more meaningful lives, didn't they? Well, I would say lives that were uh organized around proper values and priorities for sure that has to count for something i mean right i think that that yeah to your point i think that that counts more than uh, really any modern thrill or convenience right people keep telling us like we live in the best time in human history that cannot possibly be true we live in a time where there is less suffering but it has had grave consequences Hmm. in other areas of our lives it depends on your metric Uh, uh, certainly, if the standard is quantity of suffering, we live in a, a, a great time. If the standard is proper values at the center of everyone's uh, or at the top, I suppose, of everyone's hierarchy of values, a uh, little off, little off in that way, I would say for sure. Um, it's hard for me to say that quality of life is worse today than it. Ha- I, I couldn't say that quality of life, historically speaking, is great. But as far as uh, our attitudes about what really matters and living lives according to those things that matter, as in, you know, family, as in your children, as in a value for life, as in keeping that family unit intact, all of those things, uh, we've, yeah, we've, I would say it's fair to say uh, we've fallen in that way. What's more important than that? Uh, Nothing, really nothing. But um, then wouldn't you rather live in a society where there's more suffering? Well, I suppose to your point, we might find out soon because if you sacrifice those values, don't all of your other conveniences and luxuries tend to fall apart? I think that we're on the cusp of, if not in, something like that. I don't necessarily expect that we're all going to be literally fighting for scraps on the street, but certainly the state of our uh, economy, the state of our production, the state of how easily we're making and exchanging things, that's suffering right now, and that inevitably will cause uh, reductions in quality of life so we'll see when you sacrifice those values can you truly maintain a uh, high quality of life uh, despite them probably not but i hope we figure it out before we have to have it demonstrated yeah yep me too well i knew you were uh too enthused last week but i returned to form <laughs> anyway Uh, Let's catch up with our chat and uh, get into the uh, much-anticipated 4th of July weekend. I know. We have pretty good turnout for um, a Thursday. Cool. Well, thanks for coming to hang out with us, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, Do you want to go? Do you want me to go? I just have a couple over on Tippy Stream, so I might as well take care of these. Jehovah's Thickness. (laughs) 
<laughs> Apparently, my governor, Jelly Belly Pritzker, is rumored to run in 2024. This cannot happen. I, I don't know much about him. I know he was I, I saw some of his stuff. This is the governor of Illinois. He looks like he, he's like Chris Christie girth. He's he's a large man. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about him other than what I heard him say occasionally during coronavirus. And what I did hear I was not a fan of, but, um, but the Democrats are, if Joe doesn't run, the Democrats are a desperate, they're desperate. If he runs, they're desperate. If he doesn't run, there's no obvious candidate that they can put up there with a high level of talent, yeah. uh, the, a high level of talent in general, in general, but a level of talent necessary to overcome how bad of, of shape this country is in right now mm-hmm. and how most people generally view them as responsible for it. Right. Right. Mm. They, they, they just don't have it. Deb step, not dub step. Thank you for clarifying. You guys should look into Carrie Mullis, the inventor of PCR and what uh, he thought of Fauci. So this is the testing method. I, I, mm. I uh, assume he roasted Fauci for the HIV scam demic and wanted to debate him. But Fauci is a coward. Mullis also said that PCR isn't a diagnostic tool. Okay, I've never heard the name, so maybe I'll have to check them out. PCR testing, um, it's a, a type of testing for viruses, but I think that it's considerably less accurate than other types of testing. Hmm. I'm getting really tinfoily. I'm like, are viruses even real? <laughs> <laughs> it's all been invented. Well, you can't yeah. see them under a microscope. You can see bacteria, which are huge. I didn't know that. I'm but not a great uh, microbiology is, um, mind. Virology is a highly theoretical field. Hmm. It occurred to me the other day that maybe we're in the midst of some sort of um, like medieval medicine-ry, but we Uh, we don't realize it. Like we're doing the leeching of our time. Yeah, maybe that's what we're doing. Actually, maybe they were right about leeches. Maybe we should go back. But maybe the Chinese are right with all their like yin and yang stuff where you have to offset the cold in your body and all this crazy shit. Like, I don't know. Maybe we've gone entirely in the wrong direction. All I know is if we could have a trial where instead of the vaccine, people were given leeches to prevent or treat their corona, hypothetically, jokingly, Susan, I would just like to see how the data play out. Can we just compare? I think that's fair. Hmm. Some viruses are visible. I don't know anything about this, guys. I'm just getting really conspiratorial. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you good? Uh, no, I just. Oh, uh, I, I'm all set. Yeah. Just uh, guy who actually knows what he's talking about here in the chat <laughs> is incorrect. Thank you, guy. Well, who, actually, <laughs> who knows yeah. something about the topic? Appreciate it. Um, Bahena fam. Uh, that's a very important part of my body, the top of my head. Blonde. So we're talking circumcisions again. Ah. Yeah. BC Frank was on Tim Pool show earlier this week. Tim said you two are welcome on the show at any time. I know somebody clipped it out. I think our dear friend Anna clipped it out and sent it our way. And um, maybe we should do that. I talked a lot of shit on Tim Pool. (laughs) I was, yeah, I was, uh, that was my first reaction. I was like, I don't think, I don't think they've listened closely. (laughs) No, I mean, but but I have, I've come around on Tim Pool though, because so many people that make it to the far depths of the dissident, right? Like the gross stuff started with tim pool so like becca lewis is on to something about this she radical was she was right. pathway. she was totally right yeah uh shout out to becca lewis yeah you, you, you were right the whole time uh you also um bitch. it was cool to, it was cool to see frank on the show too that was yeah. um that yeah. was uh awesome to see and I'm, I'm glad to see uh frank getting a little well-learned attention so um so yeah i don't know i mean uh, full disclosure there's not anything in the works right now but uh 
you know, never say never. As they mentioned on the stream, the difficulty is that uh, both of us live way out in the middle of nowhere, like Wyoming or Oklahoma yeah. or something like that. I don't even saying. know where they live. I probably no. go over there. And no, I mean, us. Swatted. they were, they didn't oh. know where we live or where I live when they were talking about it. I, but Not that it really makes a difference. They're way out there, right? I actually don't. I think it's in like the, the, the compound or the castle or the studio or whatever you want to call it. Mm. I don't know its specific location. I think it's somewhere like West Virginia or Maryland or somewhere in there. Mm. Yeah. Based. Keon says, happy Independence Day. Happy Independence Day to you. Uh, Zondabite, you guys should look into getting a member of the Mrs. Caucus on your show. Hmm. They just took over the Libertarian Party, and there likely is a lot of overlap between them and your audience. Per- I've, I've gotten some emails about this. Perhaps um, there's a new branch of libertarianism that isn't so fucking lame, and I'd be open to listening to what they have to say. I don't know anything about them, so I will have to take a look. But... Uh... You know, I, I, as always, I will try to defend libertarianism as a uh, a government philosophy. I think it's, uh, I think it's largely aligned with my views as a government philosophy. What bugs me the most about the libertarian community is there's a lot of moral relativism about personal matters of morality that kind of bugs me. If if you grant the premise that government doesn't have the ability or even the legitimate authority to regulate matters of personal choice that really don't impact other people with that comes a need for a strong moral core so that you don't abuse yourself and you don't engage in degenerate behavior that uh, destroys yourself and your family. They don't deal with any of the meta social issues in an effective way because it's they're They have, they're hyper focused on individuality and personal freedoms, which is great. Assuming that your individuality is paired with a moral framework. You know? Yeah, there is such a thing as too much freedom, Skag. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I would agree with that as a broad statement. Um, there. Well, let me put it this way: um, freedom without a moral framework is not a value. That that's true. Freedom with a moral framework is the ideal. The ideal is right. That, I, I agree with you, but libertarians uh, still often fall into this camp of moral relativism because they're they're secular and they've created a framework of society that's that's entirely based on individual freedoms in the absence of a strong moral and Christian core, which is just as worthless to me as what hedonistic leftists do. I agree, a hundred percent. And I suppose I would I would agree with your premise that freedom itself, uh, absent any moral structure, is not a value. The question is, how do we install that moral structure? I don't think government can do that or really has a legitimate basis to do that. It has to come from Jesus Christ. Yep. It has to come from some framework that pre-exists it. And I'm on the path to figuring out what that is. And maybe it is. Uh, maybe it is Jesus Christ. I don't know. I'm trying to learn. You'll get there. We'll get you back in the church. Um, yeah. Don't day 2K. Matt and I once made insurrection. We overpowered the Trump security detail, choked out his driver, and at Trump's direction, hydroplane the limo across the reflecting pool, screaming, Murica. <laughs> so you've been told. Well, I would pay a million dollars to see that. I wish that story was true. The, the, the thing about Trump, I wish it is. I, I hope it is a true story because it's hilarious. Hillbilly it's Deluxe. Not. It's okay to have questions as long as you come to the prescribed correct conclusion. Yeah, sense. exactly. Um, Boogeyman, wishing you both a happy fourth weekend. Cheers, cheers to you as well. Amazing Llama. Happy fourth, Boogie. Trump recovered from China virus in like three days with a steady diet of KFC and Burger King. Fauci is <laughs> a vajayjay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
Um, Hillbilly Deluxe. Regarding the concealed carry permit list release, just imagine how many red flag reports will be incoming as a result. Yeah, that's true. I can't believe we didn't mention that. Uh, but yes. Uh, yeah, well, the consequences of this remain to be seen. And I don't know who, in fact, if you go to the website now, the data, they're gone now. But who actually gathered all of that? Who yep. maybe downloaded it uh, when it was available? Um, I yeah. lost my place. So I might see some control F. Hose. Oh, I got um, next up is Herbert. Oh, OK. I got um, blonde I, to say host mad. It's a song. By yeah. the way. Oh, I've not heard the hose mad song. Um, Nathan E. Never let the future disturb you. You will meet it if you have to with the same weapons of reason, which today uh, arm you against the present. Marcus Aurelius. Um, hmm. That's true. I try not to fear things in the future too much because you, when things happen, you just you just deal with them with the skills that you have. Uh, Jimmy P. Blonde, you're overcomplicating things. The primary tell that a leftist is lying is that their lips are moving. You're right. Hmm. I have. Fair enough. Aeolian, God bless you. I'll have a safe and fun Independence Day weekend. No American flag symbols on Super Chats. Proof YouTube is a Russian malware site. Is that true? You can't do the American oh. flag emoji. Surely there's a Ukrainian flag one, though. They wouldn't, yeah. oh, they yeah. wouldn't skip right. that. I know there is. I've seen it. Uh, Nicholas H. Commode abode. Uh, Laurel. Is that uh, it, one of the Elizabeth Warren houses or what is that? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, huh. I, I think that I think it is. Um, Laurel says an omen can be a good or bad depending on the interpretation. An omen is something that precedes an event. Is that true? Hmm. I've been um, co- correcting people smugly my entire life. <laughs> Laurel uh, is a lawyer. She would know. She would know. Uh, don't yeah. do 2K. So she tried to follow Trump to, to Miralago. Hutchinson is serious and need a Hill vibe. I know. That, that, that's how I felt about her. I was like, she's up to something. Hmm. David C. Super chat on Timcast IRL. Shouted you guys out and asked for y'all. And while Frankly was there, uh, Tim said he'd love to have y'all. Everyone was for it. You should go out to a show. It would be great. That's a crossover that I would like to do. Yeah, uh, well, uh, I suppose I'll have to break my own rule and get in touch with them and say, I heard that uh, offer put out in space that was not sent to me directly, and I would like to claim it. Um, No, seriously, I'm not opposed. Seriously speaking, getting there and back is a little bit of a logistical hurdle. It's not impossible, but we have um, kids now. There are considerations there. Uh, but perhaps it will happen. You know, what would be cool too, and um, it, uh, I don't know if Frank will return, but I would love to use it as an excuse or not an excuse, but like an opportunity to uh, go out there, do that show and have Frank be there as well. Because he just drove down. He's cool. He yeah. just drove oh, down really? from New York. So it'd be it'd be a great opportunity to uh, to meet someone on the internet. I consider a friend. Not that I don't Every consider time, Tim and his crew friends. It's just, you know, like you guys are buddy. He, he shouted you out. He's like, oh, yeah, we're good friends. Every time I see his face, though, I start laughing, quite frankly, hmm. because of that comment. I always bring this up, but it was the funniest comment we've ever gotten that he looks like you, you like your reflection on the back of a spoon. <laughs> it is so accurate. He's, he's he's just Italian me or maybe I'm Scandinavian him. That's it. It's it's so it's the most accurate thing I've ever heard in my life. Wow. I love our audience so much. Um, Black Magic says. Uh, the Janet Yellen cries out in pain as she grinds her people under the heel of a boot of inflation. Whoa. For no reason, dot, dot, dot. I don't know what you're talking about. That's a lot of hate in that heart. Um, I can't believe that someone would have so much like hate in their heart. That one's way too long. longest sorry. sounder. <laughs> By the way, I heard in the sounders before, was that Barbara Walters saying, are you gay? Oh, that was, I've saved this one. Okay, I have to give... First of all, this is my favorite one for certain appropriately themed chats. 
This is my favorite one at the moment. Why are you good? Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay. But my wife was listening to something on YouTube about some sort of crime from a long time ago. And it's Barbara Walters interviewing those accused. And this is what she asks. I guess what I just have to say to you is, are you gay? <laughs> Who was she interviewing? It's like the Menendez brothers, some oh, famous crime. Um, yeah. Yeah. They killed their parents. Yeah. So she's probing the important issues. No pun intended. But the next Probe. time someone d- gives me a good Matt and I once made love, I was going to debut it. But now the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> lordy lordy um sorry about that uh ghost says open federal lands for abortion access but don't open federal lands for drilling oil which puts women in potential crisis pregnancies in a better economic position so they won't need an abortion okay got it yeah, okay. that's a it's a really good point well there you go you've just solved the issue again we can all come together on aborting babies with ar-15s that's the compromise position and we just have we have oil drilling facilities also be planned. Par- we'll do offshore. <laughs> there it is. You just have the offshore oil rig yeah. with a Planned yeah, Parenthood yeah. on it. And they have to boat out okay. from Mississippi or Alabama or whatever Gulf state refuses to let them get an abortion. You just yeah. boat out yeah, to totally. the oil rig. So sponsored why don't by they Exxon do, Mobil. They go one step f- further, you know, and then they do this like affirmative action abortion thing where they only provide abortions to minority women. Well, this was um, some might say that's close to the status quo. This is what I was getting at with Kamala Harris. We're we're concerned that this there's going to be disproportionate. Full circle, Margaret Sanger. Everybody can see yeah. this, right? Yeah, for for her to say, "Oh, we're worried about like disproportionate uh, disproportionate outcomes in abortions and abortion access." Uh, have a look at the data and tell me about disproportionate outcomes. I know. And get back to me. You were so cryptic about it for a second. I was like, "Is he? What is he?" it's true though i mean she says she's worried about minorities not being able to get abortions uh yeah 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 if she wants to maintain status quo lots and lots of uh, minorities are getting abortions yeah tend to show it is true professional af farrier says big thank you to blonde for her thoughts and knowledge on foreskin hey Thanks to her, my six-month-old still has his foreskin. Love the show. Thank you both for what you do. (gasps) You know, I get a lot of of messages, but this is by far my favorite one. This is so worth. I can just save one foreskin. It's all been worth it. This is so worth the shit smeared on your front door. (laughs) It is. It is. That shit stain is for you, professional AF fairy. I'm I'm really happy for you, though. You've made the right decision, and you don't have to live with guilt. So, person, congratulations uh, as well. Oh, I'm so happy. Uh, they don't make you take the clot shot to chop up and vacuum it out of you. Population control and discounts on uh, adenochrome. Is that mm. what this is supposed to say? That's the blood from young people that they pump into their veins, right? I don't know. I actually don't know exactly what we're talking about here. Win-win situation. This is some Bill Gates out. stuff That's that I'm not keen on. Yes. Uh, Trashman no. Deluxe. Abortion clinics had to spell it weird um, on federal land, which only help mostly sluts, but no drilling to bring on federal land to bring down the price of gas, which helps everyone. I vote asteroid or civil war 2024. <laughs> destroy it all. Well, fair uh, enough. Preston Oxenhurst says for my Utah people, I think it's really funny. We celebrate the birth of this nation in the same months. We celebrate our successful escape from this great nation. July 24th for those who want to know. Is this some hmm. Mormon thing? Yeah, I don't know. I actually don't know the reference. I don't know anything about Mormons. Is that Do what you? he means by my Utah people? I don't know. I hear Utah, and in my mind, I just think Mormon. 
I suppose they're kind of synonymous. But... I'm sorry, Preston, if yeah. that's not we, at all what you were talking it. about. I'm sorry. Colby Bohannon, libertarian community. Let me say it once more. Libertarian community. Uh, that's fair. A point being that like they're a it's kind of a contradiction in terms. Right. I suppose. Right. Yeah. Let me reload. Do you have the next one? Uh, yeah. I'm Holden sorry. Mulray says last week I brought up Boar, uh, Brown v. Topeka since uh, busing came up again. Here is the background. 1951, Oliver Brown's daughter was forced to ride a bus to a segregated school farther from her home. Uh, that is why he sued. Ironic. No, I didn't know that. I should learn about the history of uh, of that case. I don't know a lot about That's the interesting. I mean, the, I know generally, obviously, the Brown decision overturned separate but equal in Plessy. But as far as the the facts that led up to the case itself, I don't know a lot about that history. So I should probably uh, have a read on that stuff. Uh, Esoterica oh, Unbound um, is up next. Uh, I'm, enjo- I'm employed in a high security building where supposedly important work gets done. Tuesday, as I was headed out to lunch, I walked past a dude wearing a sundress and security badge. I'm too old and autistic for this bullshit. Okay. <sighs> What would you, what do we even do? Well, you, you know, I, and I understand, uh, you know, if you're, if you're of advanced years at this point, you look at the kids these days and you're thinking, what the hell is this? And I, I worry unless, well, perhaps the destitution will have corrected this issue by the time, if we're not dead by the time we're 60, 70, even 80 years old. But I wonder if it, if it g- continues on this trajectory, what kind of nonsense are we going to be looking at when we are It can't older continue ourselves? on this trajectory. Like th- there's nothing else left. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about uh, pedophile playgrounds on federal lands. I know. (laughs) How much further could we possibly go? OCF retro computing. Blonde, the Mises caucus supports repealing anti-discrimination law. Hmm. These aren't the hippy-dippy progressive libertarians you are used to. Hmm. Okay, I'm listening. Uh, That's very principled. Um, Of course, people love to... People love that one. Oh, if you have any questions about, say, like the Civil Rights Act or anti-discrimination law or the idea that you have to mandate um, public accommodation. If it's a public business, it has to be open to everybody. Mandating association, basically. Yeah. Um, that it, that loves to be misportrayed as though you're in favor of um, large scale. Yeah. Segregation, discrimination, whatever. But it's fundamentally. Can someone tell the young Turks that? The God, these but it's it's fundamentally about. Uh, property rights and association rights exactly do you own your business or does the government do you have a right to the people with whom you associate or does the government have the right to force that on you and i exactly is there any situation in which um government enforcement of integration is a better solution than natural um than 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 the freedom of choice of um association is there any time that that has worked in well and i I don't yeah if i if i accept the premise that the government doesn't have the right to tell me that i must host my neighbor for coffee tomorrow morning in my house why would they have the right to tell me that i must host anybody for any reason at my coffee house and they would say well your coffee house is open to the public it's a public business okay but i decide when it's closed and if it's closed, nobody comes in. Yep. Is it my property or is it not? Same way I decide my house door is open or closed, I decide my business door is open or closed. And I understand. Maybe you think that people's rules about their business are distasteful. Trust me. I have plenty of objections to the way that, say, Twitter or other social media run their business. Does that mean that I want, say, some government bureaucrat to get involved and go enforce all of this stuff and 
and what a nightmare. usurp control over that property. At the end and of the day, for you to you, pay for it. <laughs> and yeah, and if, if and if you run the property poorly, that does create opportunity for competition to defeat it. So I don't know. I mean, like, I, I guess what I'm saying is people worry about like, oh, there's a, you know, there's a, if there wasn't for anti-discrimination law, maybe there would be like some bar in Alabama that would say uh, whites only or something like that. <laughs> and maybe that's true, but you can't convince me that if we got rid of uh, ant- federal anti-discrimination uh, discrimination law, that tomorrow Walmart or Target would come out and say, uh, sorry, no blacks. We're yeah. not doing that anymore. Yeah. It's like, okay. That's, you're going to have isolated instances of this that will probably be outcompeted, generally speaking, because where someone refuses a business opportunity, it's someone else's to scoop up. Especially with this culture yeah. and people's view on race. No anti-black business would ever be successful. Highly unlikely. It would become publicized. They would be uh, they would they would have dog shit thrown at their door and smeared on their window. All um, I said was that <laughs> inner city busing is stupid and didn't work. But it, it, it's, it's really about fundamental moral principles. And I think this is yeah. what the chatter is getting at. Whose property is it? Whose association is it? I accept people might use their property for reasons I find absolutely awful. People might use their association rights for reasons I find absolutely awful. Yep. That doesn't give me a moral right to go steal those rights from them. Here, Plain here. and simple. But yeah, if you have questions about this, it's because you want Walmart to ban black people or something like that. You can't have questions about this. Mm. Just ask about the vaccine. Oh, speaking of the Elmo vaccine, did you see the Babylon Bee that said um, with Elmo and it was like, Elmo has recently has died today of acute myocarditis. <laughs> <laughs> There was uh, some joke about how um, Bert and Ernie have monkeypox. Oh, no, that's a good one, too. But it was, wow, Elmo's heart has grown even larger. That (laughs) was the other one. Babylon B, they just they They never miss. They really don't. They never miss. Um, Last one is that trucking drifter. North Dakota trucker here. Love the show coming into wait, look into coming into the coming diesel DEF fluid outages, Hmm. diesel motor oil outage coming. Two companies have the additives for the oil. Won't make more for a year. Big bad. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah. And I would assume that uh, transport truckers have to change their oil quite frequently. Frequently. I wouldn't know because I'm not not a truck driver, but uh, I know how many miles you drive, or at least I can guess. And uh, I'm guessing that means uh, a lot of oil changes are necessary. Yep. So, and I don't know what's going on with the diesel fuel shortage either, as in why is diesel fuel apparently in a greater state of shortage than, say, gasoline? I'm sure some government failure is responsible for it, though. Yeah. Well, I also Putin. Don't forget him. <sighs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, uh, uh, we're, we're all set, here. though. Yeah. Thank you guys on DLive. Thank you guys on Tippy Stream. Appreciate it very much. But uh, that will do it. And it is time for the much-anticipated 4th of July holiday vacation. I can't wait. And uh, this will be kind of like the, the I don't know, just uh, a, a, a family vacation I've been looking forward to for a long time. So thank you guys for uh, patience while uh, we take a little off time. And hope you and your family have a great time over the 4th of July holiday as well. As yep. I mentioned, uh, we'll be back um next Wednesday, July 6th with our usual schedule back next uh, Sunday, July 10th with the normal Sunday show. In the meantime, 
If you're looking for more to listen to, perhaps you have travels uh, and you need to kill some time, check out the audio feeds of the show. You'll find the call-in show replay, other materials you might not find on YouTube, linked in the description and over on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. Speaking of, find everything show-related over on the website, mattchristensenmedia.com. We will be back next Sunday, July 10th. And July 6th for the call-in show, too. But if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a happy 4th. Bye, guys.